What are you drinking, Thistleweb? Not that Apple stuff, huh? Uh, yeah, I'm 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 a big Apple fan at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, see that's when when I first turned up tonight, it was like ten thirty ish p.m. Seriously, I was on the coffee at that point. I had not touched a drop of booze at all. My first booze, my first glass of cider was when I've mentioned in the chat, right, I'm going to top up for the first time. That genuinely was. I mean, believe it or not, that was my first. So, yeah, I've been on the cider since then. Um, and, well, this yeah. lot will have that effect on you. They will do, yes, and you're included in that, yes. Anywho, we were saying, mentioned about ham radios, which I personally have no interest in, but it's fascinating nonetheless. Hey, Dor made it back. Hey, guys. Hey, Dor. Hey, Dor. Howdy. Howdy. Whoa, Red Dwarf, your mic is hot. I'm actually uh, standing out in front of Ruth Chris waiting for my car to come back and my wife's inside because it's too cold. You lucky dog. Yeah, so happy you took anniversary. her to Ruth Chris. Oh, that's a nice place. Happy anniversary, man. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, I'll try to be on here in like two hours or so. Cool. That's devotion right there. Some of us will still be sober. Speak for yourself. Yeah, I was going to say, speak for yourself. (laughs) Unfortunately, I'm on call, so no, not nothing like that tonight. Oh, I'll still be sober. I haven't got enough beers left to get drunk. Yeah, I got up to go look. I think I think all I got is poor planning. I think all I got is some bourbon and. I still got leftovers from OLF. No, it was actually good planning, because if I'd have gone out and got enough to get drunk, I'd, I'd be sober and up halfway into the morning and really be hurting, or I'd have to knock off and fall asleep, which would just be almost as bad. Yeah, that was exactly why I never got drunk earlier on. That was why I turned up at like 10.30 UK time, still stone cold sober, just about to start drinking, and people saying, oh no, I call bullshit on that, he's been drinking. Like, no, honestly, no, seriously. <laughs> so I'm just... I've just finished my coffee, honestly. You might not believe it, but it's true. I'm not drunk, I'm Scottish. That's an excuse I, that, that, that's an excuse I use quite a lot. Oh, i got to turn off Fox. Do your neighbors buy that one when you're stumbling home? Do your neighbors sound drunk too? Aye. I'm sexy. Oh, sorry, that was Austin Powers. <laughs> <laughs> you just did a Scottish accent of a Scottish accent. That was good. Yeah, I do that. It's very meta. Yeah, meta fat bastard, you know. That's like when Fab tries to pretend he has a German accent. We all know it's, it's an Indian accent. We all know that. You know, there's a reason they think all the Scots are drunk. You gotta be drunk to wear a dress like that. Oh, I was gonna suggest because where there's smoke, there's fire. 
I'm not going to defend it other than to say haggis is rather nice. I have some haggis that I need to eat, actually. I love the stuff. See, you've got to be drunk to go for that, too. Honestly, haggis is actually quite nice. I mean, as long as you can sort of put to the back of your mind the fact that it's a sheep's stomach, haggis is actually really nice. To be fair, uh, haggis is really nice. Um, yeah, it's similar it's biz- to um, it's bizarre. To, but it's to really be nice. fair, it it's probably not all that bad. I can't stand the texture. I would try it in a minute. It's even so yeah, good. I'd try it as well. I've just never been around it. I've had haggis. It's it's not bad. But then I'll try anything twice. Hey, follow it up with some. May follow it up with some Rocky Mountain oysters. I those, oh I have, my goodness! Those I draw no a line, man. I draw a line. Yeah, I, yeah. Rocky Mountain oysters are really good. I, I'm sure they are, but I wouldn't eat them on a dare. No, See, why? Is, would you, dare I ask that? what a Rocky Mountain oyster is? So for, is why is for so foreboding? What is uh, it? It's uh, what? this Cow is balls. a family show. It's uh, testicles of an animal. Bull balls. When they castrate a bull and turn him into an ox. The Rocky Sweet Mountain oysters beans. are the, the testicles. Uh, I think of sheep too, right? They're deep fried. Wow. That doesn't no, help. 5150, yeah, he said he pan fries. Not your kind of pan, pan fries them. You guys can mock all you want. They're damn good. I imagine they are. I've never had a chance to try them. I, I'm not mocking personally. I'm just revolted. Are they, yeah. what are, what are they? What's the texture? Are they just meaty? Are they chewy? What, what are they like compared, compared to something else? I would not- imagine that they're not meaty would be my guess because meat is muscle mass and organs are usually nothing like the muscle. I've heard it Built tastes like cream. tenderloin. Have you ever had sweetbread? Money on chewy. Has anybody Built- here ever, ever had sweetbread? Oh, yeah. Built- Built-in cream. Well, it tastes a lot like sweetbread. It's just then deep fried. Oh, okay. It's not, it's, it's really what did you not say about what family show? <laughs> no, oh, I had high hopes. Nah, he was full of it. This show is, well, it, it's gone family a couple times when people brought their kids on, but yeah, pretty much we, you know, it's HBR, you say what you want. Well, it was last year that we brought up that they're always swearing on HBR, we don't, you don't censor anything. Yeah, freedom of fucking speech, woohoo! I can't believe you're that juvenile that the testicles of a of a bull gets us at the X rating. Yeah, bollocks to that, tell you. Yeah, they're bollocks. I think, it's time the, I, I think it's time I went to bed. Or as the Axis said in uh, IRC, deep fried nuts. You going to bed to dream of Rocky Mountain oysters there, Poppy? I think so, yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's I, a, probably that's a terrible image, man. To, to, to quote uh, Kung Pao, that's a lot of nuts. Yeah, I think I'd have give. I think I'd have waited a few minutes to, to drop out at a different spot. But before you go, we'll say Happy New Year and good night to you. And we'll say Happy New Year to Argentina, Paraguay, and Chile. Nicely done. Good hey, night and uh, Happy New Year, everyone. Right, See you, Should I do all? Happy all New Year. Good night. Good night, night Bobby. Bobby. Happy New Year. Yeah, and thanks for coming, man. Thanks for helping us out. No problems. You guys are reminding me of the old joke. About the uh, uh, bull testicles they used to do at the bull ring in Spain. They came from the results of the bull ring. And every once in a while, they'd come not so big and meaty and juicy. They were scrawny little things. The waiter, of course, says, well, sometimes the bull wins. Nice. All right, I'm going to do Auld Lang Syne. Should old acquaintance be forgot? 
and never brought to mind. Should old acquaintance be forgot, and all days of old lang syne. Bravo. Very nice. Key of F. I was hoping he'd go the next verse where it gets even higher. Nope. Not unless I make Rocky Mountain oysters out of myself. <laughs> yeah, I was ready to jump in on the whole bullfighting thing. Uh, when I was a wee boy, we went to Spain. My mum and dad went to Spain, and it, obviously a family holiday. And we went to see a, a bullfight in Madrid, and I I could not stand it. I hated it. We were actually watching a bullfight in the flesh, watching these poor animals. I hated it. I absolutely hated it. It was one of these things, it was like a blood sport to me. Somehow, me, at like nine years old or something, recognised it was a blood sport, and I was just horrified by this thing, watching this thing in, in the flesh. Um, the point where I was actually so, uh, so upset that they, they spent... Uh, uh, actually, in hindsight, I feel sorry for them, because they spent, like, they, sp- they spent a fortune to take the whole family to bullfight, and they spent most of the night in like a quiet sort of cafe outside the, the arena, um, because I couldn't watch the bullfight. We had to leave early because of me. Um, <laughs> but no, the bullfighting is is absolutely horrendous in person. When you see it in, in the flesh, it's it's horrendous. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm pretty sensitive to the ethical treatment of animals. You know, I'm not. I'm. I have slaughtered animals, and uh, you know, I th- I think it's a matter of respect to to not. Drag it out. Yeah, that's not slaughter. That's playing with it. It's cruel. Yeah, it was basically it, it, it was the cruelty element. I think that's that's what my brain picked up on. Uh, even at like nine or eight years old, or whatever, however old I was at the time, uh, that's what I picked up on, and I couldn't watch it. I really couldn't watch it. It was it was just horrifying to me. You think that's bad? Try a rodeo. As a guy who's been out hunting a couple times. I don't really consider myself a hunter yet, but I'm trying to be. Uh, I'll totally agree with that. You, you do not want to drag that out. It's it's disrespectful and it's cruel. And as as cruel as the uh, you know that bullfighting seems at at first glance, if you look into it and look at the details, it's it's so much worse than you think it is. And as I say, rodeos the same way. It's just torture to a lot of these animals. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, Except rodeo, I, I, they don't kill them afterwards. Yeah, I, I get the fact that killing animals, in some cases, that is, like, um, you know, control of resources, and I get that, you know, and I get the fact that killing animals for food or thing, I get that, I understand that, but for sport, for torturing these poor animals as sport, that's where I draw the line, personally. There's just really a point where you have to look at it and just say, you know, it, it may not have the same consciousness, but it just ain't right. Absolutely. Sorry, I didn't want to bring the conversation down. <laughs> that was my bad. Um, anywho, one time at Band Cup. <laughs> well, this is one of the few places where you can have a conversation like that. Unfortunately, cultures are not only desensitized, but they're sensitized against being, you know, against even noting the desensitization of others. Now, this is an interesting conversation, I think, actually. 
Yeah, but would you say the running of the bulls is kind of payback? Payback for what? No, of course not. They don't put the bullfighters out in front of the bulls and say, here, stand here until he's done with you. No, that's not payback. I think he's talking about the people who get trampled. That's just a whole lot of stupid. That's what that is. Yeah, it is. Right, I am too. The people who are getting trampled are not the bullfighters. The matter yeah, no, it's, it's the people that try to be macho about it. Drunk teenagers. Well, hell, who can really disagree with them being trampled? Yeah, no, there's there's some thing you see see every year. I think it could be in Valencia, in Spain, or Valencia, in Spain, where the they've got the bull run. We've got all these bulls running through the street, and you hear occasionally in the news, oh, such and such a people got gored by the bull. But it serves you fucking right for jumping in front of the bulls. That's what you're there. That's that's the whole buzz of the thing. You or can't falling blame in front the of bull. Them. Yeah, you can't blame the bull. You know, you're you're channeling the bulls down this path, and you're jumping in front of the bulls for your own kicks. I don't give a shit whether you get bored with the bulls. If you lose your leg through that, so fucking what? You shouldn't be jumping in front of the bastards. I used to live in Montana, and it's the same thing we get over there. You know, everybody gets up in arms when they get kicked by a moose. The problem is, they sneak up behind the moose to get a picture, and they wonder why they get kicked by a moose. And then they want to put down. It's just like these people that taunt dogs, and then get so upset when they get bit. They yeah, should have I mean, the, billboards advertising zoom lenses there, so that people wouldn't have to sneak up so close. Yeah, they say all, all of that. I've only ever seen on like videos and reports and things. I've actually seen, as I said, I've I've seen a bullfight with my own eyes, and it is cruel. It's absolutely cruel. So I I can totally grok the the whole bull running and. The whole animals for sport thing, I, I totally grok that, because I've seen a bullfight with my own eyes, and it is horrendous. It really is. Well, it's like a lot of people say hunting is for sport. It's not really so much sport as it is just something you can find to do to bring your food to yourself. Yeah, t- turning an animal into food, that's a different thing altogether. For me, that's something that has some value, you know, I don't I mean, I'm I'm one of these people where if I if I can distinguish an animal on the plate I can't eat it um, it's always got to be, I mean chicken's fine as long as it's kind of not in the shape of a chicken sort of thing um, and like a pig on, on the plate with the apple in its mouth, as long as it's not actually, I mean I couldn't eat that but I could eat the pork of the ham, you know, because it's not actually dis- I couldn't actually see the animal behind it um, you know, that's that's sort of where I am which is possibly hypocritical, I don't know No, no, I understand that I think, it's like if you actually see the animal live, or you or you did or even if, or just the animal itself you, well you may not want to eat it then No, I'd much prefer to see the animal alive and if I have a choice, I'd prefer to butcher it myself than try to you know, trust as to what's going on behind the scenes or where it came from, and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd much prefer that. And as far as you know, hunting is a sport. The sport is in the hunt, not in the kill. The kill is, you know, certainly the end game, but the sport is in being outdoors, learning, you know, about your local environment and getting to learn. I mean, you, you know, like every little tree and rock and and hill, and uh, you know, trying to trying to put all of your your 
learned knowledge and, and skills to use. I mean, that's where the sport is, not so much in the kill. I mean, you, if that were all it was, you just go to the target range. Rural explore, or exploration, and while we're at it, let's kill something. Well, you know as well as I do, there's a lot of people that do it for the sport, the trophy. They leave the meat there. It's, it's, very, it's very commercialized. And frankly, if you do that in Montana and actually leave the meat there, they will find you. There are those guys, but they, yeah, they they don't keep their hunting licenses for long. No, they take the meat, but they just give it away. You know, I mean, it's but they're there for the for the trophy. The trophy is one thing, but at least if the meat is getting used, that I can see is fine. But people that you know just try to ditch it or get rid of it, it's like these people that would hunt an elephant for the tusks alone. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly you know. that. That's exactly it. I mean, if the actual f- fabric of the contents of the animal are being used for something, that's that's understandable. I don't necessarily agree with it, but it is is perfectly understandable. It's something I would accept. Um, like this is food. This is you know that's fine. I get that, but when it's just sport, no, <laughs> absolutely not. And on that note, I'm going to top my cider up. Now, there are also plenty of people who will donate the food to it or donate the meat to a food bank and similar. I can even see that. The problem comes when they just try to dispose of it or when they don't use it responsibly. But at the same time, there is still something to be said for eliminating excess animals in the area. Yeah, I I was. I was going to mention the food bank thing too because any animal that's taken uh, not legal, I won't even say illegally, but not legally because uh, there are times when, you know, you shoot a turkey and you hit two or something like that, uh, but then they don't, they'll take the animal that's not been been taken legally and that'll go to a food bank. The same thing will happen, uh, like if people poach, if they get caught poaching, that animal goes to the food bank. You know, I, I, I feel like I, I really have to defend hunters that uh, the amount of abuse that goes on among hunters is ex- extremely low when you consider the amount of abuses in a factory farm setting where, you know, animals are being treated cruelly as a rule. Well, that's what I was going to say. Look at turkeys, a perfect example. I mean, you don't have, look what they do to turkeys and chickens where they pen them all up. They can't move just so they can fatten them up for Thanksgiving or whatever. That's as cruel as Bullfighting, I would say. You know, a, a hunter has the, the respect to face his animal that he's going to eat and, and deal with the consequences and moral implications of that. And I think most hunters that I know are uh, are more in tune with where their food comes from and have a respect for that animal than somebody who's never, ever had to take another animal's life, an animal's life to, for food and then just goes and gets a cheeseburger and it's a food-like product to them. It's not... There's no process behind it. Yeah, I I totally agree with that, you know, and, and the few animals that I have killed, um, you know, I've butchered myself. And I, I, I it sounds weird to say because it's, you know, me saying it who's done it, saying it about myself. Uh, so it sounds self-serving, but I, I think there's a certain amount of respect in butchering the animal yourself that you're, you're just not going to get, you know, any other way. Yeah, I think if well, less if if people had to basically, you know, kill their own animal that they're gonna eat, or a fish, or even the fish, just even the fish, you know, that that some people that could be enough to make. make oh, I'm not gonna eat that now, because I can think of myself when I went fishing a long time, uh, many oh, 
quite a long time ago now and you know caught a fish and then it's like I was a kid and it's like right you're gonna um you're gonna eat this fish now kind of thing or you or you're supposed to or you could and it's like I, I thought I can't eat this fish I, I I saw it alive I saw it when it was uh, alive and stuff so yeah I couldn't do that you know I, I've never taken delight in uh taking an animal's life but you know, to be disconnected from it and to go to a McDonald's or, 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 or even, you know, people think if they go and get a salad that has chicken on it, that somehow that's, you know, that's healthy, good food. You're so disconnected from the life of that chicken that, you know, that chicken may have never even been able to walk. They're genetically bred um, to have uh, a breast so large that, that they can't even get up in the cage that they're in. And, and yet y- you think you're somehow because someone else took that chicken's life, that, that it's a justified thing. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, a lot of people, they kind of think, oh, right, it's fine, you can eat meat, uh, and no problem, whatever. And and because, well, it's there, somebody else killed it, like you say, and, you know, it's being sold. And, um, yeah. But if they had to kill it themselves, like I was saying, then they would possibly be put off eating it. Or you hear sometimes about... I think it's Japan or somewhere like that where people go off to a restaurant and they're like, um, right, I want to have a fish, I want to have for whatever it is. And so they come out with the animal and they're like, okay, so which one do you want when it's alive? And then people get put off from eating that. I um, I think it would kind of be easy to, to say nothing here and um, kind of sound like, uh, you know, I, I thought I was better than other people. I don't, I don't think I'm better than anyone because I've killed my own animal or butchered my own animal. I just think I have a, a respect for them that I never had before. You know, I think it's, it's a. I feel that the reason factory farms create the cool environments that they do that they do is how far disconnected people are from that food. That oh, I'd uh, agree with that a hundred percent. You know, hunting as a, as a rule is. <sighs> when you look at the overall economic impact of hunting that uh, these deers, we, we don't want uh, predators. We don't want a bunch of mountain lion and a bunch of wolves and a bunch of coyotes taking these animals down. So they're going to breed and their populations are going to increase and you have to have pressure and uh, hunters pay willingly and subsidize a lot of other. um, Hello. Hello. Yes, we can, we can hear you SMLR, but just barely. Yeah. You're pretty low. Yeah, yeah, you, you need to bring it up, up a little bit. Yeah, you're similar to a few yeah. others I've heard. Yeah, sorry about that. We're uh, doing a little bit of testing. I, I I need to find where the the touch to speak is. Hold on, I'm sorry. Anyways, I I, I was just a quick point. I don't want to dra- I don't want to you know beat a, beat a dead horses about oh, that that It wasn't intentional, but uh, uh just that uh, <laughs> it's the first time I laughed there. <laughs> Uh, probably not something we should be laughing at, but you know the the, the revenue brought in by uh, the Division of Wildlife for Fishing and Game provides a lot of uh, funds for conservation efforts inside of state parks, and uh, you know th- there is it is a truly um, give and take relationship with the hunters. You know I don't know a lot. They they only give out enough tags to take the animals to keep the populations under control. It's much more respectful of these animals than people give it credit. Yeah, that's the conservation part of it. I was always amazed at the huge differences between, say, animal lover, animal rights, versus conservationists, versus naturalists. All three are very different. Well, I don't, 
I can't speak to any of those. Uh, well, I think you mean just the, the different methodologies there. Well, you look at an animal lumber, uh, lover, say, is don't kill Bambi. A conservationist is to regulate the tags for the for hunters, things like that. And yeah, the, the, conser- the conservationist says don't kill Bambi till he's got antlers. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, the, but the naturalist would introduce the natural predators, see? Oh, I thought the naturalist just ran around naked. <laughs> yep. Naturalists tend to... Right? Naturalists are more naturalists in theory than in practice. They like to think things up. You're a naturalist till a bear is standing on your doorstep trying to pound your door in. Yeah, here in Michigan, we have a... Without the hunting, we would have a, a overpopulation of deer. The, the other thing about naturalists, and, and I... I will say this, most naturalists who I've spoken to are uh, probably completely uneducated as, as to nature. They, what, they, what are naturalists? Like people who go out and live in the woods but don't really know anything about it? No, well, uh, people the naturalist's to... point of view would, would uh, say if you, want a, uh, if you want the right deer population and it doesn't take off, you would bring back the wolves that are gone. Yeah, until one of them eats your kid. Right. I mean, basically, the wolves have been driven out, which made the deer population grow. And the naturalists would tell you to stay out of the woods. They did that in Minnesota, didn't they? They brought back, actually introduced wolves back in the places? Yeah, the other thing Was it wolves or uh, uh, mountain lions? Maybe wolves. We never got rid of mountain lions. Well, there's mountain lions, but there's wolves in Colorado now, too. Yeah, all of the predators are are on the increase right now, including coyotes. And a naturalist would say, "Well, let the coyotes be. You know, let let them be where they are." But coyotes are invasive species in most parts of the United States. They they don't belong in most of the places where they are. The same is true of uh, fisher cats and uh, one or two other predators that I can't think of right now. The unfortunate thing is that when when the predator population gets out of control because the prey population has been properly managed, that you there isn't much you can do with a predator carcass. You know, it's not edible meat. No, it's not. Can't you and take its force field and and use it for camouflage? You can, but nobody. I mean, nobody wears it themselves, uh, and people don't buy it anymore like they used to. It's force field. It's pelt. <laughs> I was uh, I was making a predator joke. Oh, that <laughs> predator! Nice. <laughs> Sorry, because I, I have no idea what you guys are talking about, so I'm just grasping at straws here. No, no, that's a fine was good. job you're doing. You're a vegetarian, aren't you, Klaatu? I am. Do you hunt your own parsley? <laughs> Actually, no, but yes. <laughs> I mean, there, there's you guys there, are nuts. there are gardens and stuff, but I, I don't I don't do it as much as I should. But I would like I. It's something that I want to do more of, is gardening. He traps his own carrots, too. Those are slippery little buggers. You, you really got to sneak up on them. Well, yeah. Well, you is there a reason why you're a, a vegetarian? All the reasons you can imagine. Like health, uh, moral reasons, uh, just everything. My sister's like that, Klaatu, and, uh, uh, and it, it's all literally, yeah. Oh, and 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 the uh, I, I forgot to mention the the disdain for what you guys were talking about, like the uh, you know the I forget what term you were using that I really liked the what did you call the the factory farms or something? Like, what were you what did you call it? 
Yeah, factory farming. Factory yeah, farming. factory. Yeah, yeah. That that really repels me as well. Oh, I'm a hundred percent against factory farming. Strange thing is, I think most people are, but not most people are enough to take a stand against it. You know, like I mean, I, I think a lot of people will still just keep buying disgusting meat. You know, like instead of saying, oh, "This this really probably came from like." horrendous conditions I, I think i'll skip it this time well i think uh, there is a substantial uh food movement that is favoring uh, grass-finished beef uh, yeah grass-finished yeah. animals you know i'm not a vegetarian and i but i, I, I gathered do, that i do seek out you know we have local producers here we have a year-round farmer's market where there's four different producers that are local wow, producers nice. they'll give you you can look at pictures of the cow you're actually buying meat from. It's been as, you know, that it's had as good of a life as a cow is going to have. You know, you, we get into some, some interesting territory because they come out with some pretty ridiculous studies saying that it is has a greater impact on the environment to raise cows in a factory farm. And people think if you stopped eating meat, period, you would have a large impact on global warming, but we're still growing crops with huge inputs from um, from oil that are having pretty devastating impact on our planet, not just in consumption of oil products, of petroleum, but in its overall effect. And it, th- that's not sustainable at all. So food in general is pretty borked in the, in, in the world right now. I do know how exactly how you feel, Clint, too. My sister is, if it's red, it ain't dead. I think you cut out at the end of that, Bill. What was that? If it's red, it what? Oh, if it's red, it ain't dead. I don't. I don't track that. <laughs> if it's red, it's not dead. She don't eat tomatoes, huh? <laughs> no. Hey, okay. I got a. I got a quick question that reminded me of something I meant to ask earlier, uh, especially when uh, Dude Man was around. I could have swore I heard on on one of the Oddcast shows somebody said that. Uh, like an egg, a hard-boiled egg, and a tomato gives you all the nutrition you need for a day. I looked, I tried googling that, and I couldn't find anything on it. Has anybody like heard that? And know where does that come from? Does anybody I'm know? pretty, you know, I'm pretty skeptical. I mean, other people can chime in if they have read it, but I'm, I tend to be skeptical of any nutritionist kind of advice. You know, it's just like I use my common sense and I gauge how I feel at the end of the day. You know, and I think back of what I ate, and if I don't feel energetic and like if i'm getting tired at like midnight instead of 2 a.m you know then i think okay i should have had more spinach today or whatever i i don't i don't listen to i don't even i'm not even sure if i believe that every person has the same requirements you know or maybe i'm wrong i don't know i'm not a scientist but that's just kind of how i feel about it and i know that every nutritionist advice i've ever read just comes across as like well you have to count your calories and your grams of this and your grams of that it just feels bogus to me yeah, I, I went to a nutritionist, and uh, I'm I'm on kind of on the line of you. But the, one of the first questions they asked me was, uh, "How long have you been this heavy, and what what have your eating habits been like?" And they said to me, "It's not a it's a eating change. It's like a life change. If you want to lose weight, they can they can give you ways to do it." And a lot of it's just with the amount you eat, the portion you eat, and the time. I, I believe that, but I mean, you've seen me, Art. I mean, that's not my issue. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, you eat healthy, 
I mean, you eat, you drink a lot of coffee too, but they say now coffee's not bad for you. I mean, you know, it's it's different every month. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why I guess I don't believe it. So yeah, I guess what you're saying about like how much and what time you eat is is a huge factor, I'm sure. Because I yeah, I just I don't think they really know exactly everything that they say they know. And, and that's like going with like you said about being tired. Well, maybe you you got up in the morning, you had coffee, you you skipped the you know having something in the morning, you didn't eat till lunchtime. And then you had a small dinner, and all of a sudden now you're tired because you don't have any energy. The, right, the, right. The big issue with nutrition is that they're based. There's, there's no way to say what the results of a nutrition plan are without doing a study. And as with all studies, a small sample set with a limited control in a limited um, a data set gets the same credence as large, long-term studies do, and they shouldn't. You know, every time somebody does a minor study on one aspect of eating an egg, there's a study that comes out and it's given a credence in a headline that says that eggs are now bad or eggs are now good. And it makes these sweeping assumptions and ignores something like there was a a cholesterol study done on eggs in Mexico that was over the course of 25 years with a large sample set. And it showed that the cholesterol contained inside of eggs over the long term did not have an overall impact on blood levels of uh, the bad cholesterol LDL. So, you know, these studies come and then uh, some research do a minor study on some college kids and give them egg whites. And they say, uh, these guys felt like shit. So, this is going to be the new study. And then there's a headline that says, oh, eggs are bad for you now. Yeah, and see, what they did with me was they had me write down what I ate every day for two weeks. And after that two weeks, I went back to the nutritionist, and we changed, again, changed habit, changed life habit. It wasn't a diet. It wasn't anything but a, a life-eating change. Right. There's I mean if you're if you're eating huge amounts of carbohydrates, very little fats, very little protein, you're you're gonna be unhealthy. It's yeah. there's that's that's not a diet it's not a diet to change, it's saying that you're eating a lot of something you probably shouldn't be. Yeah. It's a lifestyle change. You know, diet means you're the lifestyle and it got kind of co opted into a commercial buzz term that is attached to these kind of ridiculous crash courses that people think are going to fix years of poor diet. So, Art, actually, I have a what's going to sound like a really rude question, but I don't mean it rude. Um, d- before the nutritionist like told you, hey, you know this, 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 what you're eating here is not good for you. You know, you should be eating more of this, less of that. Did you not have like the com? D- did you know that you were not eating as well as you should? Like. What I said earlier about common sense, that's like my gauge of like what I should eat. But where does that common sense come from? So did you have the common sense of like, yes, I should be eating differently, or did it literally take a nutritionist to tell you that? No, it literally took – because I grew up – you know, I grew up in a large household with a, a low in, not, you know, not a low income, but a, a you know, middle to low income. We ate a lot of potatoes. We ate – you know, we ate a lot of – starchy filler foods, bread, potatoes, that kind of thing, which are okay for you, but in moderation. Right. Sure. Okay, and, cool. That's interesting. Yeah, so you, did, you so, did have a surprise. Well, not a surprise because, I mean, it was kind of a, a, an understanding, so to say. I mean, I knew vegetables were healthy for you, but I never realized, like, you should eat four vegetables, 
and two to three fruits a day. I mean, I, we never grew up with that because we never had that. Okay, so I can thank my mom pretty much. Exactly. I mean, if she ate, I mean, I had a friend of mine I grew up with, and and every, I can remember going to his house after school, and every day there was a bowl of fruit on the table, and because his mom, like you said, like to have fruit, and she liked to eat fruit, and he would eat fruit every day after school, and I never did that, and I, I never just, you know, he's like, you want a piece of fruit? Nah, I don't want that. Darn, I was trying to blame my mom for all my life's problems, but it looks like she's helped. I'll have to find another scapegoat now. You know, anybody, that, a... yeah, anybody that grew up in the 1950s remembers what uh, meat, poultry, and dairy or something like that, the combination? That's to that was totally biased by particular industries. The three food groups, anybody remember that? Yeah, the food pyramid. Food pyramid. That's still around, I right. think. I mean, that's... Actually, they got a yeah, modified but... version of the food pyramid now. The food pyramid is fucking ridiculous. They changed oh, yeah, it about every seven yeah. years, I think. Yeah. Because back then the big one was dairy. Dairy was just you know you just knew where that came from. When I was a kid, they used to have they used to run commercials on the TV, and it was like a little rhyme or song or something, and it was the three two four four way, and it was supposed to be, I think three three. Three breads or three dairies, two yeah, three dairies, two meats, four fruits and four vegetables a day, and they said like they drilled that into us. Even that's BS though, because okay, what's three fruits? Yeah, three, exactly. Three grapes. They're arbitrary numbers. It's ridiculous. No, see that's where again going back to the nutritionist. They would say to me, uh, if you take the palm of your hand and put potatoes or, or a piece of chicken in the palm of your hand, that's basically one serving. Uh, you know, broccoli, put it in your hand. That's one serving. And I can I can say for a fact that it's not good. I mean, I would eat two or three times that amount of potatoes when we had, like, chili, when my mom made homemade chili. Well, that's – I mean, that's great that they gave you that 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 amount, like that, that gauge to, to measure it by because, like, the food pyramid and stuff like that, they never tell you that. They're just like – yeah, just make sure you eat, you know, threes of these and fours of these. It's like, what do you mean? Like one bag of bread or, or one slice of bread? Well, the bottom, the bottom of the pyramid, uh, the original food pyramid, was all breads and grains. And it's, it, it kind of paints this picture that, like, the top of the pyramid is the, is the stuff you should really avoid eating. And anything at the bottom just go nuts. And that's not true yeah, of anything. You, yeah, but you got to remember back in those days... Bread, a lot of bread was made homemade. My mom used to make bread all the time. So you had bread made with natural nut. You know, the preservatives wasn't in the food, which is a lot different than today. No, I, I agree. I agree with that. But bread is a luxury, and there is not an animal who consumes that is designed to eat that amount of grain. The the exact same thing that it does to the cows. When you look at scientific studies that measure the amounts of saturated fats in a grass finished beef versus a factory grain finished beef, the saturated fats go through the roof. And that's the same thing all those carbohydrates from grains are doing to you. You know, I changed my diet about two years ago. I started exercising. I started being more healthy. I've lost 30 pounds. I've held that 30 pounds off. You know, I've continued to maintain being healthy and. It, it was a real journey to just bust through all the bull crap that people tell you is this is healthy, this is what you're supposed to be doing, and and the the amount of incorrect information is staggering. Oh, well, yeah, definitely. And, and, 
And that's where it goes back to like Katu says, it's common sense. I mean, that, another thing they said to me is you, you, you should eat. I mean, it's, it's proven that you should eat within four hours because after four hours, your body goes into a, a state that says whatever you put into it, it tries to store because it thinks it's starving. Yeah, I mean, the breakfast being the most important meal of the day, that was something I always skipped breakfast, and it contributed a lot of the problems that I had. And it has to do with the amount of fat your liver stores during the day for you to get through. It's called breaking your fast because that is a long period. You go without that. There's a Your liver actually stores fat during the day and releases it at night. And if you don't break that first thing, if you wait a lot, your body is going to store more fat in your body to make up for the what – you know, it's always waiting, thinking that, oh, my gosh, we're not getting food first thing in the morning. Exactly. That's exactly the thing. It's just like, they, you know, they said to me, you can have pizza. But, you know, and, and she looked right at me and said, you know, don't eat four slices of pizza. Eat two. Right. Anything in moderation. But, you know, unless you've been somebody who's actually written down what you've eaten and taking a cold, hard look at everything you've eaten, it becomes this, like, numbers game in your head where you're like, well, I don't think I did that bad. You know, I only ate two pieces of pizza. But before that, you had six cookies. And before you had that, you know, if you haven't sat down and tracked a week or a month of what your diet is actually like and taken a look at it, it's hard to say how good or bad. You know, when I first started, I just was using an Android app and tracked everything. I ate, and I was just dumbfounded by, holy cow, I thought I was taking in... 2,200 calories a day, and I'm taking in like 5,000, 5,200 calories a day without even feeling it, you know? Yeah, I was going to say that. This is where something like an Android phone or, you know, an Android device shines, I think, because I did the exact same thing. I took that, and the app made it so easy that, you know, you ate something, and you could just, with voice recognition, open this app, say what you ate, you know, you had a, a... a medium-sized apple or you had a, an orange or you, you know, you ate a slice of pizza and it would just start storing the information. And like you said, when you get to the end of the week and go, holy crap, did I eat all that? Yeah, I, I recently cut back severely on the amount of starches and processed grains that I've been eating. And um, I got to tell you, I mean, it's like I'm eating less and I'm less hungry like most of the time. You know, I, I run in the summer, I run three days a week and I run three miles a day. And on those days, I eat bacon and eggs for breakfast. And I feel full much longer than I ever have eating oatmeal or anything where there's a high starch content. Yeah, so, I eat um, almost every day. I eat eggs with like onions and mushrooms and cheese for breakfast. And I can go like I used to eat like if I had it with toast, I'd have it with toast and, and, you know, I'd be ready to eat again at like 11. I can usually go to a one now, just have, like having eaten less. And then at lunch I'll have, um, you know, leftovers from dinner the night before or hard boiled eggs. So it's, you know, I'll make those like once a week or, or something like that. And, um, you know, like throw a vegetable in there or something, uh, like hard boiled eggs and, um, uh, zucchini, like the tomato sauce, zucchinis from a can that like, like that's, I like that pretty good, and that's pretty filling. And like, and I'll go all day. And some days I don't even really feel the need to eat dinner. And I've I've dropped quite a, like a surprising amount of weight in, in a short amount of time, and felt good about it too. Well, that's a, you know that thing too, Pogi. That but you shouldn't really go from seven o'clock in the morning to one o'clock, where you should in the middle of that 
have a have a coffee and a and a and a piece of fruit or you can have a coffee and a and a little danish or something but you should eat something oh definitely what I, I i recently lost about 50 pounds and while i was actively losing weight i ate more food than i did before but it was better food natural food fruits vegetables and the like and actually i i got to where i craved it instead of uh you know the the chips and the uh sweets yeah you oh yeah it's 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 honestly breaking an addiction to a sugar fat salt cycle that there's there's ratios that um are maintained throughout food products and, and learning to cook on my own learning to actually prepare my own food was a big deal and there's there's a, there's a TED talk um about a guy a researcher who was talking about the economic impact of being able to cook your own food because when times are tough you're able to make more use out of staples and make healthy foods that carry you through those tough economic times that it can have uh, a massive in the hundreds of thousand dollars of impact on uh, on children who knew at the age of graduation of high school how to cook seven meals from scratch without uh, having a recipe out of the top of their head versus kids who never learned that. And uh, we've harped on it with my kids that they have to learn how to cook. They have to learn how to prepare their own food. They have to learn to, to recognize what's going into their food. You know, when you have a soup, what that soup is made up of, what the ingredients are, how they affect the health healthiness of that of that soup they're consuming you know it's something i we've ragged on my daughter and my daughter now at 14 is a better cook than my wife was when we got married my son for his senior thesis in college wrote a cookbook for college students on how to eat on a low budget uh good meals and what he did was he took um he took six months and got recipes from everybody he could think of and went to the store and priced out the the uh, amount it would take to cook meals and broke it down into you know meals portions and and he, that's what he wrote his senior thesis on. That yeah. sounds fantastic. Where is that available anywhere? Um, I can probably get you a copy of it, Kato. When I'd I started, be really interested in that. Sorry, go ahead. When I started cooking, our our, our food budget dropped by about a hundred dollars a week. I I was gonna say when you when you mention that uh, art, I mean it sounds really good, and I'd like to see it too. But am I the only one here that hates recipes? I really hate recipes. I love cooking, oh. but I hate recipes. Gosh, no! I'm horrible in the kitchen without a recipe. I cannot improvise. I've tried, cannot do it. Have to do everything in a in a recipe exactly to the letter, or it will fail. Oh, and use like measuring cups and spoons and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've seen people, I, I know, people can go in there and they, like, put a dash of this and a pinch of that. Me, I have no concept of any of those things. I will I will ruin a dish that way. No, my, no, my wife no, my does wife. the exact same thing. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at the similarity that my wife does the exact same thing. And and uh, it, it usually comes out really good. I, I, I actually cannot complain about her cooking ever. But, um, you know, every once in a while she'll try to make something that I normally make. And it won't taste quite right. And I'll just say, well, why didn't you add a little of this? Or why didn't you add a little of that? And she's like, well, I didn't have a recipe. Yeah, I can draw the exact same parallel between me and my wife in that, you know, I cook about 60 to 70% of the meals for our family. And she's actually a really good cook, but she's very methodical. She likes to have a recipe. She doesn't like to go off script, you know, and I'm more of a throw this in, throw that in. I created more good meals by just throwing stuff together. Of course, I've wrecked a few, but... 
I've created a lot of good stuff by just throwing things together from the refrigerator. Welcome, Peter64. Hey, Peter. Hey, where am I now? Am I still in the lounge or am I gone somewhere else? No, you're, no, no, you're no, in the room, buddy. I got sick of seeing you in there. I, I dragged you in. Got you're sick still of seeing you in the lounge. You're still at the bottom of the earth. Yeah, happy, um, <laughs> happy New Year, fellas, too. Although our new you finished 14 hours ago or whatever it was. 15 hours ago. Yeah, cheers, man. Yeah. We wish you had a good New Year. You know, now Sorry, I, I didn't get any of that. Well, now we can start the Australian jokes again, right? Gee, Sandy, I hope they've gotten bloody better than the ones you were telling last night. <laughs> That's how you know they were actually really good, because Peter hated them. Yeah, yeah, and of course, Australians the opposite to hate is love. <laughs> Where's, um, Why do you hate uh, Jude so much, Peter? Uh, yeah, I, I just hated the death platter. Actually, I just said in the chat, Clartu, my wife, and this really surprised me, kept saying to me, we have to get back for another Linux Fest, Peter. She had such a blast. That, I mean, I there was no doubt I was going to enjoy it, but I really cannot believe how much fun she had and how much she still talks about it. Don't oh, question really that. Funny. Run with it. Yeah, that's really. Right. Yeah, yeah, really. Definitely. Yeah, Book some yeah. tickets, man. Uh, look, honestly, we, we would come back um, again this year if we could, but uh, we decided we might just spend a, um, a bit of time at home and do stuff around the house. Well, you've only got one choice left to you then, Peter. You're going to have to uh, head up the Australian Linux Fest. Yeah, yeah I, I, th- I I think it's more the people rather than what it is all about. I mean, it could be about anything. It's just the people are happen to be that cool, you know, that, that she's happened to grok onto and, and, you know, have such a good time with that she wants to spend more time with the same people, you know. I, I reckon well, that's what it is. Actually, I'd agree with that. Every... every uh... Linux Fest or or Lug, you know, it's 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 getting together with friends, uh, other Linux friends, and it's your people. Yeah, imagine right. that. People who like freedom and openness are all pretty cool. Yeah, I must admit that, like, Linux in general bores the shit out of me, but I really enjoyed just getting over there and having a drink with everybody, and that's exactly right. It was just, a, um, you know, being with friends. And, and it was, it was just like I knew everyone there. Well, they really, I've never ever met them, but you know, I've been talking to them for years now. Yeah, oh, yeah, is really... Lug, oh, yeah, the luck is, is, can I go? Yeah, luck is good. Um, I got a local one, but <laughs> I, I knew about it since like 2009, started going what's now last year, 2012, right? And, um, yeah, it's just a pub beating and stuff, and it's quite nice, but unfortunately, it seems it's kind of dying out. A lot of people on the mailing list, but. The meetings themselves, there's hardly anyone coming, or and it's a shame, really. But yeah, but it's nice going to that kind of thing and the events as well. Went some what's again last year now, 2012, the open source uh, Linux events for the first time. So Foz them and um, Old Camp 12, I went to as well, and that was alright. Yeah, but it's nice going to stuff like that. Yeah. Well, even even just this right here, you know, you know, these hanging out with you guys in the Bumble chat right now i cannot imagine having a better time than with the guys i'm with right now yeah i think the same it's it's good this thanks oh and i was gonna say that's a weak imagination well it makes me just kidding and parky you mentioned before you know about organizing an australian one and honestly god i'd have one next weekend if i knew 
you know, like Crayon and Stars and Bazza Will were going to turn up, you know, um, and all you place fly over. Shit, I'd have it right here and put you all up in the house. We could all fit, I'm sure. Yeah, well, you could fly them into the helipad, Peter. Yeah, they've only got to check it out on OpenStreetMap, and I'll see it. Be careful what you wish for. Peter, I don't think your quadcopter would handle me. <laughs> no, I'd have to put a couple more props on it for you. Yeah, no, it would think. definitely not handle me. I'm not a little fella. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah, me neither, so there's three or four of us that it wouldn't be able to handle. What were you about to say, Claude, too? Do you, do you still remember? Uh, no, I don't remember almost anything. Okay, and Andawara Hanarahara, you got to switch to push to talk, please. But the feedback was so cool sounding. Echo. Oh, now he's muted. That's pretty good. Yeah, let me know when you when you're off push to talk and I'll unmute you again. Uh it's it's in the configuration menu and uh do you have to click the advanced tab to do that, I think? If you need help, uh we can duck out into the lounge. I'd be happy to walk you through it. All right, I'll do that. I'll 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 move him out there, him or her. Yeah, Peter, you have to get back over here cuz I don't think it's going to actually happen that a bunch of us would get there. I'd love to get there. My wife wants to go meet you. Alright, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's much a great time we have and meeting everyone, but it was disappointing there was a lot of people I would have loved to have got around and see, and of course you're one of them. Um, Pokey, of course, you know, I did get to talk to Pokey on the phone, but that's not the same. Um, and Jesse James, you know, I would have loved to get up there and see Jesse James. It's well, just too just big here, man. I have to drive uh, probably 45 minutes just to uh, meet one other guy I know. Peter, did you get to meet Claudio, too? Uh, no, no, I didn't get to meet Claudio, unfortunately. I mean, there, there was a whole list, obviously, that I didn't get to see. Where was that? What are you talking about? I missed that. Southeast Linux Fest. Oh, uh, okay. I would really love to go to Australia. Oh, I would, too. Well, Pipe Man, there's always a bloody room, and if you get over this way, I'll take for a fish on the river. Careful what you wish for, I'll show up. <laughs> yeah, then I... I'll be there on my skivvies on your front door. Yeah, then it's Con FAU is going to be quite good. Yeah, Peter, what would you do if he showed up in his thongs? <laughs> I'd just ask him to take them off at the door because we don't allow shoes in the house. That's <laughs> Right on. <laughs> I assure you, I have no thong. Well, I'm from South Carolina. I ain't got no shoes. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, I have more bloody shoes very often since I left work either. Just think of all the all the recording you're going to have for riding in your mower, though, Peter. Yeah, actually, I, um, I've already thought of that. It should give me quite a few hours entertainment. Well, it'll give you a few hours of audio, that's for sure. Yeah. So I tell you, you've discussed how it's going out, Pokey. How how the podcast is going to go out? Yeah, like you'll break it. Obviously, not into. It'd be more time specific than subject specific, I'd imagine, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, last year I just broke it off wherever it was kind of, um, you know, wherever there was a little pause or a subject change or something. But this year we've we've kind of intentionally stopped to say Happy New Year on the top of the hour, so we can probably break it off in three hour segments for, you know, eight or nine shows. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty smart. 
Content is content. Quality doesn't matter. Yeah, Peter, you're going to have a lot to listen to. Yeah, I've said it before. When you sit on a bloody mail for seven hours a day, you'll listen to any shit and enjoy most of it too. Well, you'll have your fill of it then. What was the turnout like? You remember right back at the start of this HPR New Year special, what was the turnout like? Because I remember looking at the the Linux Basics site and it's got a little widget on the sidebar showing who's in the channel. And I remember looking, like not long after it started, there were lots of people on the channel. I was like, oh, okay, there's a lot of people hanging out there. I don't know how many people are talking, but there's a lot of people there. It's been strong from the beginning. I got here at 7, and I guess they'd already been going for a little while, and there were a lot of people in there, like 20, almost 20 people, I thought, but not all of them were talking. Like, 7 or 8 people were talking. Yeah, and, like, uh, there's got to be, like, 20 or 30 more people than last year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, easily. Yeah, I got up. I thought I was up early and walked in here and looked like, oh, my gosh, are people already online and talking, and they're recording, too. Yeah, there's easily been twice as many active talkers this year as last year, and for twice as long. Yeah, that, that was certainly my concern. I mean, I, I knew I wasn't going to be on until like close to midnight UK time, uh, but I was always, when I was pimping it on like the podcast and on Crivens, I was always sort of conscious of the fact that it was important that people were there right from the start, which would be like lunchtime UK time. Because the last thing you want to do is turn up and say, oh, happy new year, and there's no bugger about. There's no one about, and you think, well, sod this, I'll leave then. I'm not going to sit hang around in a room on my own. You know, so I, th- I was always conscious of the fact that you've got to start it off and have a, have a few people there, even right from the very far, r- right from the very start, you've got to have people there to at least start the conversation, to, to, to entice people in, you know, it's... It's almost like a busker leaving a few bucks in their in their hat, you know, to to encourage people to 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 chuck a few bucks in, you know. Yeah, Cribbins, That's how I found out about relief because I was catching up on an episode, and um, I was around before it started a bit, but that well, I'd already been awake quite a while, and um, so I wanted to make sure I got some few hours sleep and so on. But yeah, and I'll probably be around until the end, so. Well, I think people who were around last year, um, I mean, I, I, I was, I, I appeared on bits and pieces of it, like three or four hours maybe of it last year, and it was fantastic last year. That's why I was sort of keen to, to share the share the experience, you know, people who are around this year, join in, you know, at some point join in, that, that's, that was my whole gig over uh, with Kevin's over the last two or three episodes, you know, like, join in, you know, it'll be a laugh. So, Pete, if you had any, like, special guests on, like, uh, you had the blokes from, oh, Bloke and Lady, is it, from Crunchbring last year? Uh, yeah, we can't tell you. You're going to have to listen to the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good nice. point, too. <laughs> so, you I should... can guarantee you I won't, list, I won't miss a minute of it. Yeah, you should have been here. There's been quite a few famous people. Peter, the, um, answer, the answer to your or question is yes. <laughs> yeah. um, Jeff didn't join you from Bodie Lynch by any chance, did he? No, but Barack Obama did. He, he sort of cl- clipped out of the whole um, organising the fiscal cliff 
in the Senate and decided, you know what, I've got to join in the HPR New Year thing. And he joined in for a little while and then it disappeared again, you know, back to work, you know. I, I can tell you we've had mentions of Angelina Jolie, uh, RMS, uh, Miguel de Acaza, all kinds of people like that. Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah, we mentioned him. Keanu Reeves, with Brad, you Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Hell yeah, Keanu Reeves. Oh, hey guys, we got a, uh, a Happy New Year's coming up. It's uh, less than a minute here, and thank you for reminding me in the chat room. Looks like uh, Windcaller. Thanks, man. Uh, we got Bolivia, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, and uh, looks like Nova Scotia and Halifax in Canada. So happy, happy New, New Year! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Feliz Año Nuevo! Is that right? Not for you Canada, s- any. You scumbag! I was just yeah. trying to think of that. How <laughs> to do that in Spanish or Portuguese? You scumbag! You beat me to it. Well, yeah, it's inappropriate for Canada, I guess. But hey. I only think Canada is sort of like five to say six or seven hours behind the UK. But there's like an island or somewhere where it's well, it's it's less than that. So yeah. Well, even the French part of Canada isn't that the other side of Canada? Um, no, that's, the, like, that's uh, this side. No, it's, but it's what's coming up in a yeah, few minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they'll, be the, right. they'll hit New Year's same time New York does. Yeah, Quebec oh, right. City. Okay. Quebec City is one of the most beautiful yeah, places Quebec, I've ever been. French Montreal, yeah. Oh, wait I, a minute. This, that's my time zone. I'm. Oh, no, it's not. In an hour. Okay. Yeah, in an yeah, hour. In you're, an hour. you're in the next just one. Less, just less than an hour. Oh, okay. Uh, right. I, I'd be willing uh, to bet anyone in the room, and I'll give you odds, that not Clyde 2 has never been called a scumbag before. that's got to be a first as he he suddenly realized oh there's a clock there what does that do (laughs) yeah you can join us in 2013 soon (laughs) and it's okay the world's still here and so on I can't wait you see I think Klaatu was having problems figuring out his clocks is that binary clock now no I just didn't really look that carefully that was Bind- one thing I've I've watched. Right, I, I've been quite interested in this Google Nexus Four, and I've watched a review of Chris Prillo, I think it is. I think the good dude's name is when he's comparing it against um, like an iPhone Five, I think. And in the background of his video, there's like a, a, a binary clock. I don't know. It's, it's not. I don't know if it's binary. It's something. It's a bizarre looking clock. It's like, how the hell did he tell the time in that? Is that just a geeky thing, or can he actually look at that and glance at that and tell what time it is? If it's a binary clock, you can probably glance at it. The ones, the binary clock I first started using was what I think of as a normal one, but then I guess they started coming out with a binary clock that that reads horizontally instead of in vertical columns, and that that one I can't glance at because I'm just I don't I don't use that actively. I had no so, idea how to listen to it. Oh, I had to read one of them until I listened to an episode of the GNU World Order, Clark 2. I know. Me. I, I share my knowledge. I figured that stuff out, too. I just, I didn't even have to look at a tutorial. I just figured out the binary clock. I was pretty excited about that. I had a binary yeah. clock on the front of my, I had a rock box running on a, a little Sansa. Oh, that's e, cool. E2, E200, and I had a binary clock that would come up on the front of that. 
Yeah, I think I'm quite advanced. I switch everything over to the 24-hour clock. It's the very first thing I do when I install or something. So right now I'm 0400 hours and 3 minutes, and I even showed the seconds as well, like 18, 19, 20 seconds. Um, but yeah, I cannot, I cannot grok my head around the binary clock. It just baffles me completely. <laughs> I thought Europe used the 24-hour clock by default, or, or no, do they? No, no, it's a 12-hour clock normally. 24 hours military time, and I have no connection at all with the military. Honestly, t- t- see, you, the only reason I use the 24-hour clock is that once, and I kid you not, once, true story, once I woke up and realised, oh shit, I'm late for the bus to get to work. And I threw my clothes on and run out the door, run up to the bus stop, and stood and waited at the bus stop. <laughs> and then, and then I realised like twenty past eight, twenty five past eight, half past eight. Hang on a minute, if I missed that bus, I must have missed the bus. And then I thought, so I glanced along the road and I could see like little shops. They should be open. Why are they not open? Like news agents and things like that. Why are they not open? And then I looked. Operator error. Bill, it was twenty past eight at night in the evening, <laughs> and I got I got That's the whole twelve-hour clock flipped around, and it was from I kid you not, from that day onward, I switched over a twenty-four-hour clock, I so believe that I you. knew so that I knew twenty hundred hours. I, I don't need to get to work. Oh, eight hundred hours. I'm, I've missed the bus. It just basically. makes more sense. That, I mean, I grew up with it, but still, the twenty-four hour clock makes more sense than two twelve hours. It makes no sense, and it yeah, is much more sure. prone to confusion. The twenty-four hour clock, yeah. Um, I think. Well, yeah, the UK. Well, it really uses both, or can use both. So AM and PM, or the twenty-four hour clock. But, but on top of that, when you're teaching children the time. You might you might be like you might be like okay it's ten to four or it's four o'clock or it's half past four and all that so there's like three different time things and then on and then uh, in English and or in the UK we go yeah half past four and so on but let's take Sweden for example I'm half Swedish as well so I know this when they say the time instead of saying past the hour so it's they they say to the hour so it's like so they say like three, yeah. They say they say like the opposite way to us. So let's hang on, let me think a second. Right, I think again, it's right. So to say three thirty, or what we would sort of say three thirty, they mean two four, not past four. So there's that as well. I uh, I always think it is story. It was a caller on a radio show that I heard. He called in, and the guy said he was uh, in line at the doctor's office behind a young girl who came in, and. Uh, the woman was telling the girl, I'm sorry, you've missed your appointment. And the girl says, what do you mean I've missed my appointment? You said I, I made it for you know quarter past 11. It's only 11.20. And the lady says, honey, quarter past 11 is 15 minutes past. And she says, no, a quarter is 25. <laughs> and as far as I could tell, the man was telling a true story. He was not making a joke. I believe that, too. Oh, I don't get I it. Mean- the, the the confusion I had was uh, someone said two and I thought they said ten or something like that so I showed up to the my schedule at work like uh, my shift at work like you know four hours ahead of time that not that I needed to be convinced because I was already using it but that just kind of drove it home as to how prone to to mistake the twelve hour thing was. 
Yeah, for me, see, the thing is, I mean, as much as I have, um, like, I mean, I used to have a digital watch, and that was 24-hour clock as well. Uh, my netbook, my laptop, everything I do is 24-hour clock, but even then, I can look at that, I look at, say, 1900 hours, and I don't say 1900, I say 7 o'clock, you know, as I automatically translate it, but I see in, on the screen, on, you know, I see it as 24-hour clock, and I don't, this is bizarre. I mean, as I say, from that day, from from getting the waking up and, and making a balls up with the bus, um, that, that was my day. <laughs> Switched over to twenty four o'clock. So, what, is it ever as dark? I mean, didn't you notice that it was dark, or does it and, stay uh, dark so, over so, there so, longer? Some, some time of the year it does. I mean, a lot of the time it doesn't. But um, I think that might have been one of the times of the year where yes, yeah. it genuinely does, and you really don't know. It's, I mean, I only found out when, I mean, the time of the light and conditions, you wouldn't know. You really wouldn't know. Um, sitting waiting on the bus, and it feels like that time of morning. It's like autumn or something. I can't, it's probably autumn. Or fall, as you guys call it. Um, and yeah, you honestly, you wouldn't know. It's when you're looking and waiting on the bus, and the bus isn't coming. And it's, it's due to come, and it's like, it's not coming. Why is it not coming? Is it late? I need to. I, I've. Have I missed the bus? I've, I'm sure I've missed the bus. Bollocks! I'm. I'm going to be in trouble with the work again. I've been late again. Not again. And looking down the, like the schedules on the on, on the bus stop for when the next bus is, and the next bus sort of turning up, and you're sort of waiting and waiting and waiting. And it. You don't, honestly, you don't know by the lighting. You really don't know. So, yeah, um, I think if it had happened another time of year, I'd probably have got away with it, but it just so happened that was round about the time of year where you really couldn't tell. Yeah, sometimes, especially at this time of year, it's like, you know, it gets dark so early, like four o'clock to, and then it gets light about eight, <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's like the morning, the early morning is the same as the evening, the evening is the same as the slightly later morning, and it's, and yeah... Well, the only thing that triggered me was glancing along the street and finding the, the usual sort of um, lights from the shops, like the newsagent and stuff like that, that would normally be open at that time in the morning. They'd have been open, like, for a good hour and a half with the papers and the rolls and the milk and all that. Even they were shut. That was the thing that triggered me to sort of wonder, hang on a minute, what time is this? And sort of looking along the road, going, well, they should be open. They, they, they really should be open. They, they can't all be late. Surely they can't all be late. And that's what made me sort of trigger to sort of look at it and go, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> Actually, this is the wrong, the wrong section of the twelve. That's a great walk. story, though. That, that's a fantastic story. <laughs> hey guys, can I just jump in for a second? Uh, Mrs. NY Bill keeps giving me looks because we have a champagne in the fridge and, and we're going to do the whole new year's thing so uh it's been awesome hanging out with you guys and uh i think we're we're off to the new year's thing yeah happy, okay cool. oh, happy, happy, new, happy new year happy new year all right cool guys see ya happy yeah you too year, Bill. great hanging with you too hey guys am i late to the party <laughs> no it's just in time really horribly we were waiting on you turning up before we started partying seriously <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> you missed the first piece, and now you have to buy your own. Just under eight hours left of the party. This one, 
So I think you're okay. Yeah, and all, the thing is, with these with these stories, like, yeah, it's a good story. Unfortunately, yes, that 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 particular one that happened to me. <laughs> that wasn't made up. That happened to me. So, yeah, good times. Happy that's New especially Year. true for uh, Scotsman. Well, yeah, as I say, you learn from your mistakes from that day onwards. I adopted the 24-hour clock uh, with abandon. I switched everything to a 24-hour clock just so that it wouldn't happen again. <laughs> again, I say Happy New Year, guys. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Where are you? Are Happy you actually New in Year. a New Year time zone? <laughs> no, this is Gork, and uh, I usually use W3RAZ over here because this is where... <clears throat> um, Tracy Holtz and I just plan to use this to record uh, our new amateur radio podcast. Very cool. I look forward to it if it ever happens. How long has it been in the planning stages? Well, we had uh, episode one actually recorded. Uh, however, between the time I uh, we recorded episode one and, well, it still hasn't been posted yet. But since we recorded that, uh, Tracy has now changed his call sign to N5UNX. Joel, I'm a bit disappointed. Aren't you Whiskey 3 Romeo Alpha Zulu? What's this bloody W3RAZ? That sounds like you're a bit of a noob to all this stuff. <laughs> no, you can say it either way. No, you can't. You've got to say it properly, yes, doesn't he? Well, who you, he's who international you? phonetics, yes. The Whiskey 3 Romeo Alpha Zulu. Uh, I'm not going to type out Kilo Tango for Kilo Bravo. I've and done Peter, that I've typed that to you. And Peter, who are you oh, calling yeah, a cunt? Yeah. Remember, it's, said for saying, or it's made for saying, not typing. That's the, that's the truth. Correct. Well, it, you know, some people call, just end up calling me KT, and if you, if you saw a picture of me, I don't look like no KT. Or Katie. <laughs> so anyway, hopefully when that will kick off in the new year sometime soon. Uh, we'll see. I, really uh, en- I know I, I told you this once, but I'll say it publicly. I really enjoyed that Hacker Public Radio on the, uh, you know, that you did like on ham, on like very beginning ham. I think it was basically on a, on a handset that you had, but it was really informative. Yep. And I'm a freedom hater because I have a D-Star radio, I guess, but... <laughs> Uh, the main problem with D-Star, uh, for those who don't know, a D-Star stands for Digital Smart Technology for Amateur Radio. It's essentially a voiceover IP technology for ham radio. And bec- the way ICOM and the Japanese, Japan, yeah, I cannot talk tonight, Japanese Amateur Radio League, uh, they developed it together. Uh, they used a codec uh, by the... Name codec. It's actually a chip uh, as a well as a codec called AMBE, and uh, that is a copyright held uh, chip. It's you actually have to pay licensing fees in order to use that in a radio. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it sucks much, but there's something new on the horizon. I've been playing with it. Yeah, there's Codec Two coming. Yes, and it looks good to me. Plus, and there's also uh, Yezu has some stuff uh, 
what the F is it FTDM? I can't remember. It's that they're they're in the development stages. They have not yet been FCC typed accepted. Uh, for those in America, uh, the FCC or Federal Communications uh, Commission has to approve all radios uh, that are sold uh, for amateur use here in the states. Now, this doesn't include if you build your own, of course. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Just a quick, a f- quick official thing for people who can't see on on Mumble on the netbook. I've just about it's like one little flick of the finger, just enough on the th- on, on on the scroll wheel, just enough to see all the names in the channel at one time. There's just few enough that are almost just about quite fits on the same screen at the one time. Um, all we need is a couple of people to fuck off. And it'll appear on the same team, the same same screen at the same time. Yeah, change your theme. Yeah. Are you I, are you trying to uh, uh, tell some of us to bugger off? Scarper. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just having a laugh. Do I'm we? Just saying, I'm just saying. I, I'm on the netbook on uh, Mumble on the netbook, and I'm I'm maximized, and I can't quite see all the screen, all the names on this on the channel at the same time. I can't just quite see them. And it's like all it needs is like one nudge of the of, of the scroll wheel, and I can see I can move up and see the top of the name, and then one nudge and I see it all at the bottom. Um, and it's just so close. It's been that's quite unusual for tonight. <laughs> so I'm just saying, I'm just having a laugh, basically. Hey, this is web. Don't don't ask for a Linux cranks vote kick because uh, I'd be I'm afraid to ask for one. I don't know. I just wanted to say that that name. Uh, W3Vaz, I pronounce that right? Yeah, I think so. Made me think of um, W3C, or W3 for short as well. Worldwide Web Consortium, Tim Berners-Lee, Web Standards and all that, yeah. I was actually, I was going to say, I thought you were going to say Wares, because it kind of does look like that too. Yeah, that's what I thought when I first saw it, actually, Wares. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I thought when I first saw it, and it reminded me of the uh, the Stank Dog story about Juarez, so... It reminded me to email <laughs> yeah. him and me bug too. him to come on the show. That's so funny that you remember that story. Where, where did we hear that? How did how do we both? I mean, I'm sure it was on maybe Ben Rev, or was it something he talked about on HBR? No, uh, I, I think I've said this before, but I think the the day I found Ben Rev and added it to my my podcatcher was the very last Bin Rev show. And I sat there and listened to the whole thing. And I think he told the story that he must have told okay. us there because yeah. it was the only one I heard. I didn't go back. Yeah, that was one of my first episodes of any podcast as well. I remember that one well. It was seven hours or something. It was great. Wow. <laughs> and to think that I, I complain about Dev Random being like three hours long. Yeah. Well, this was their big final like goodbye of, of the Bin Rev Radio. So they were doing a retrospect, uh, retrospective of everything they'd ever done. So they had all these hosts on, reviewed every episode they did. It was It was really good. Oh, you want an episode like that? Just bring on Jason Scott. Trust me, you can make it seven episodes. Yeah. So yeah, Stank Dog, if you're listening on the stream, come on, man. We really like. We'd really love it if you come on. We'd love to talk to you. This is your baby, and she needs your approval. Yeah, get that Stank Dog in here. <laughs> Anywho, another thing that um, Aunt Tracy and I have been kind of bandying about is a somewhat uh, daily uh, show. Like a news, kind of like tech news today, but but not you know strictly tech news. You know, not strict as they are. You know, 
I don't know. I I don't know if we could actually do it uh, every day. It'd be more or less one once a week, but you know, not exactly today. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like an Australian today. The Australian News Today show once a week. <laughs> yeah, fuck those other six days. Yeah, and what's it about tomorrow's news, Peter? I would love to fuck those other six days. I yeah, still I need to get to... my episode in. Yeah, I actually got my D-Star rig on right now, and if you can... There's a little bit of it there. Whatever station is in there. See, that's the thing with D-Star. It's you're either in there or you're not. There's no selective fading like you have an analog. If we're talking ham radios, I have a ham radio question, and it's probably a pretty stupid one, so feel free to laugh, but are the... Start now. Are the words uh-huh. amateur and hamateur synonymous, or is there actually yes. a distinction there? Actually, uh, the... Hold on a second, I'm being paged. Anybody? You make it sound so enticing. Overall, they're usually used in the same ways. Amateur is just a vegetarian hamateur. <laughs> nice. Well, there is a difference, but it's not much. Well, that was yeah, the best most, bad most vegetarians are just amateurs. No offense, Klaatu. Which is yeah. John Doe? I've got to I've got to credit the booze on that one. Um, I, not, I said most funny. vegetarians are amateurs. Oh, I get it. So, so the words are actually synonymous and interchangeable, and you you wouldn't get marked wrong on a test for using one over the other. I don't believe that's on the test, although you can check. No, I'm not saying that it is. I just mean if it were, you know, how... I don't know. I'm just wondering if there's any difference at all. Are you disclosing that you have inside information on what's going to be on the next FCC licensing test? It's public information. Yeah, it's all public then information. Then he does. <laughs> da, da, da. Wow. so do you. That was some good <laughs> detective in there, Klaatu. Right. Yeah, jo- you know. Jo- all right. <laughs> Right. A, li- a little funny on, on the subject of booze, um, I've been keeping mentioning there's something, I love Terry Pratchett, I love Discworld, and I've been keeping mentioning this little quote from Discworld. Wait a minute, night- wait a minute, Thistleweb, at the same time last year, at the exact same time, probably to the minute, you mentioned the exact same thing. I think you're right. wrong. I am totally yeah. right about this. Yeah, you're right, <laughs> you're right, Claude, too, but the He's thing just is, playing it I'd- back from last year. <laughs> no, really, man. Thing, Does this have, is, is this the thing we talked about earlier? Or if you get just as drunk, you can remember the thing you forgot since yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, jeez. Yeah. You, 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 you see, the thing is, I never actually remembered the quote exactly. Oh, there's going about. J. Rulo, podcasting from inside of a shopping bag. You're right? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> see, the uh, thing is, you're right, and Adam, uh, I've been keeping bringing this up, but I could never actually remember the exact quote. I only found out the exact quote like three or four weeks ago. So, um, this is it. We have consider- we have had considerably too much of the booze, and you can. The more you have of the booze, you can, you want to have even more of the booze. Until you falls over, which is when you know you've had too much of the booze. Okay, that was probably too... Yeah, okay. I think you've had too much of the booze. <laughs> I think so, too. I think it ended like that last year, too, didn't it? 
Hey, Klaatu, can we get that, a sound bite of that so when he starts next year we just play it at him? So about <laughs> this time he falls onto his uh, activation key and stays keyed up for the rest of the night. Yeah, snores into the mic. That's <laughs> <laughs> the stare this web. Yeah, I think, oh, that, that's the thing. I mean, when I, I've been keeping remembering that quote, but I could never actually remember the quote. That was the thing. This time I have actually remembered the quote. That was the point. But the problem is, it wasn't really that. I mean, you've got, you've got, you've got to understand your audience. And this obviously, this moment wasn't quite it. So, fair well, it, it was entertaining, but it's such a just, it's such a disjointed use of language. It doesn't really, it's not really worth remembering. You're right. I've got to agree with you. You're right. I mean, what arsehole thought of that idea? I'll tell you. She'd be shocked. Evidently, Terry Pratchett. And by the way, since yeah. I, I hope I'm not the only one who picked up on it, uh, Gorkon, I love that when you get paged, it's in Morse code. <laughs> you might think so, but to answer your question a little bit more completely, amateur radio and ham radio are exactly the same thing, um, which I think you guys probably determined, but how how the term ham radio was applied actually there's some lore behind it just like everything else in ham radio <clears throat> um i'm sure amateur. at some point huh he said amateur well am, 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 there's no such word as amateur it's it's ham h a m or amateur radio um, um i swear i've heard people say amateur yeah it's probably cuz they're just where, mushing it together where, and they're not amateurs are these yeah. the same people who say human? They they brought they took yeah. the yeah. H off a of human and put it on Wait, amateur or instead. herb and, and or ha- let's and say ha- it like the Ferengi human herbs well, and spices. And, and, yeah, and, and ham. Where does the H come from? What what does the H mean? Well, it, it's more like ham is in a bad actor, you know. So that's really where it came from. And for some reason, it's stuck. I don't know. And and that that's where um, the podcast that Tracy and I are going to record if we ever get around to it is going to be called the Wolf Hong Podcast. Now it sounds like a strange thing, but it ac- actually has its roots all the way back to the 30s and what it was was this thing that Hiram Percy Maxim, who was like he was like the first president of the American Radio Relay League, A-R-R-L. A- basically, that's the main lobbying body for ham- amateur radio. Dang it, you got me saying it. Um, <laughs> but for amateur radio here in the States. And he pulled this out, and it has... Basically, it's a very weird-looking tool that could be used on bad operators. <laughs> operators have bad... Uh, operating uh, practices and stuff like that. Uh, and it has also, there's a, another weird kind of a thing called the Ready Snitch. And it's the same kind of thing. And they're both horrific looking devices and you, you don't want used on yourself. But the Wolf Hong itself was actually handed out at a ARRL national convention. And uh, there's several of them. If you look on eBay, you can probably pick one up for about, eh, I think it's about a couple hundred dollars, I think. It's kind of a strange thing, and that's one of the things uh, we wanted to kind of keep with the show. Once we, like I said, once we finally launch, we want to bring back some of the old, old, old stuff, and, and of course, talk about the new stuff. Now, hams, hams are bad, guy. Now, radio, 
Radio was bad and kind. Yeah. Oh, and never use uh, 10 codes with a amateur radio operator. They probably uh, would uh, look on you in shame. Ten four, <laughs> really. everybody. Oh, I, I, I've, exactly. heard, I've heard 10 codes That's how people on, disappear. on 75 meters in the last week. And oh, I, yeah. I, I'm I sure went, there are some idiots how, that use it. How is he getting away with that? And somebody doesn't really just belittle him, but they just kept on going with their conversation. Strange <laughs> how he came home to a broken radio. For some reason, it just seems to have cut its own radio cord. It seems to have cut its own antenna cord. <laughs> but What's yeah. the story? Oh, it, it was it was ten four good buddy stuff too. I mean, it was wow. right out of the seventies. Oh, geez, truckers! What's even bad? Had, they won't even call each other have, good buddy anymore. He must have had a a. Uh, um, Oh shoot! It's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, you know, the modified vanity call sign because it was an old call sign. No, yeah. you break my heart. Well, if, actually, if, with if the amateur I, radio, have, he could have been any, really that old. <laughs> if I ever got into that CB stuff, I'd be watching Smokey and the Bandit as <laughs> as like a a, a a demonstration you know that's what cb stuff's all about smoking the band there for a good buddy <laughs> unfortunately i'm old enough to uh remember uh cb radio when when it got its start Ooh, yep, hey, i got to i got to interrupt here it is uh, a happy new year for venezuela cuz they're on a half an hour so happy new year is venezuela Mm-mm. happy new yeah. year and 30 oh, wow. minutes left for us East Fel- Coasters. Yeah, Feliz Año Nuevo. Nice. Those people are just Very backwards. Good. Yes, East Coasters, we suck. You know, hey. Yeah, but it's not about us right now. It's about Venezuela. Happy New Year's. Venezuela. Yeah, because Venezuela's backwards. You know, they're all turned around, 180. Wait, I thought that was Australia. Yeah. Yeah, they, they're all back, but they've got this concept called democracy, Yeah, Just saying. They don't yeah, have yeah. Fox News. Just because everybody yeah. thinks it's right don't mean it's right. Yeah. Meanwhile, back at the ham radio. <laughs> anyway. Hey, speaking of ham radio, where is Russ? Where is Russ from the ham shack? Oh, wait, we uh, forgot one. He's probably liquored up. We forgot one. So? Because Brazil also has a Happy New Year around the same time. So, or, um, not, yeah, so it's uh, Feliz Ano Novo. Yeah, we did Brazil, Brazil was, half an hour ago. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say well, uh, Brazil, Brazil was like an hour but, ago. Uh, or other parts of Brazil are. <laughs> not all of Brazil. Sounded good, though. Well, I speak in, uh, English, Spanish, and Portuguese, so. Yeah, I don't speak any of the it. three. Yeah. I speak. <laughs> I speak sad. Hey guys, quick question. Probably the answer is no, I'm sure, but uh, I want to check anyway. Is there a mumble client for iPhone? No. I don't think so. Oh, bummer. Okay. There is one now. I think there is one now. Yeah, I thought there was. Someone tells me it's not a very good one if you've seen the one for Android. So we've got, uh, yeah, America next, isn't it? Is it? So next full, full one, full. Time zones, isn't it? Or is there another one as well? What, Hawaii or whatever? And there's uh, another island or something? I don't know. So why did you have Pokey? Why do you know he's got the iPhone? Pokey. I don't want to out him. It's not fair. 
Do Come it. on. Do it. Apparently, there is a Mumble client for uh, iOS. Wow. Uh, and currently, it's in beta. There you go. Well, I'm sure there was because uh, didn't uh, uh, Nightwise check in earlier? Yeah, but he yeah, was that on was his... on a tablet or something. I thought he said yeah, he was his on his iPad. Who's the first? Oh, right. No, he the, was using uh, his yeah. iPad as a cutting board. Cut. Yeah, yeah that is true. I did hear that. I thought you, I thought you cut cake with the iPad. Well, there needs to be is like a lie detector test on Mumble. So the people that say, oh, apparently there is a Mumble client for such and such, you can sort of detect that, oh, they're full of shit. They're using that very same fucking Mumble client. <laughs> no, I figured he just called his iPhone, uh, like, Android tablet. It was the name of it, so so he wouldn't be busted. But, uh, yeah, no, it's it's actually it's Stank Dog. He says he's away from his computer. You know, actually, that that that's one of the things I figured out last year. I mean, I'm almost forty. I'll be forty next year, and I I can I can I came to the conclusion that there's a lot of people. I mean, I I went to a family do, and like my mom and dad's uh, my dad's birthday, and it was like a family uh, meal, and I realised that every single person there was like ten of us there. And every single person, I was the only person who cared about software freedom, about Linux or anything like that. Everyone else, there's quite a few of them used Facebook and and, uh, and stuff like that, but not one of them cared. Uh, it was like uh, my niece, I was sitting next to my niece for the whole meal and she's quite happily using her iPod, you know. And it came to me, it came, the, the sort of bolt from the blue came to me like, why Why are we so fucking hardline on software freedom? I mean, okay, you can promote it, but at the same time, is it really worth losing people over? Uh, well, insisting, no. You know, it's like insisting, oh, they all use Facebook. Do I want to shun all those, all that contact because people insist on using Facebook and I don't want to use Facebook? Not really. Ultimately, uh, the point, the, the end point is uh, they are family, you know. Um, so yeah. I sort of join up and use Facebook, and even if I don't use it very much, I use it for them. And you know, I mean, that's when it comes down to the the, the sort of pu- when push comes to shove, you know, do you really want to be a hardline arsehole, or do you want to just say, well, you know, I would prefer you use such and such, but if you really don't want to, so be it. You know, so be it. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I mean, I mean, yes, it's nice to have. Ideally, having your fam as Linux users, let's say, a lot of us would want ideally our, our um, families to be using it as well, and our friends or whatever. You know, people we know. I mean, you know, but in in reality, most people they they do not care. They they just want to just use their computer. They want to go on Facebook. They want to go on whatever, and they're happy using Windows. They're happy using Mac. They're basically happy using what these uh, for-profit companies are giving them, and that's that really. I mean, you can you can try and explain to them why they should switch or the moral advantages, but and all that. But, but a lot of people aren't really going to understand. And you, and at times, well, yeah, you can lose people as friends or whatever if you push it too much these, you know, to switch to whatever. And that's how it is, really. I I disagree. I don't think that's true at all. I just, I'm not going to 
use Facebook and that kind of thing just and give up my freedom uh, because everybody else around me has. I, I'm just not going to do that. If if my family's important to me, I'll keep in contact with them another way. And if they're and if I'm important to them, they'll do the same. And I just right. I, I don't I don't have enough in common with the things that people use Facebook for to to even want to join in in that particular activity. You know, I'll I'll rather just see somebody face to face if that's what it takes. Yeah, My mother me, came to visit. That's all she had was a Linux machine to work on, even if she did want to go on Facebook. Yeah, for me, um, my my entire family, my, my wife, my daughter, we all use Linux here. So, I mean, you know, we don't even bother with stuff like that. But, like, my extended family all use – everybody in my extended family all use Facebook. And um, my wife, you know, uses it to keep in contact with them, but – um, a while back, she set me up an account, and guess what? I never use it. I never use it. I don't want to mess with it. Uh, I I feel the same way. Uh, you know, I I just don't want to feel. I, I don't want to give up that f- the the freedom, and I don't want to deal with the hassles of Facebook. Um, before my wife switched over to Linux on her on her laptop, I saw all the crap she had to go through because you know. She, she got infected and you know pop-ups and all kinds of crap because of using facebook um and i'd rather just not deal with it if they want to contact me they'll contact me by phone or by email if they don't want to contact me well (laughs) that's on them also for the record i i was to say i i I don't know. I have a single person that's actually I'm not saying that it doesn't happen, but I've never seen anyone actually get something from Facebook, other than clickjacking stuff, which tch, you can get that in a lot of places. I've but, seen. Well, I'm, all I'm saying is I've seen my wife's entire Facebook account get hijacked. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I'm, not I mean, it's, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's know. normal. But I've right. seen it happen. Right. <laughs> but I don't think this is what Thistleweb was talking about. I mean, there's a difference between just saying, okay, I'm not going to use Facebook and and then going to family functions and being like this this jerk who doesn't stop talking about how evil the iPod that they just got for Christmas is and right. know, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's putting the people before the computers, which is what... I think most of us yeah, really that, do. Right, exactly. Well, yeah, in, in my that. case, I don't I don't ever try to force my opinion on any of my family. If they want to use Facebook, that's fine. You know, I I don't say a word about it. That's that's their choice. That's you know But does your family yes, ever get me, pissed at me. you because you're not using Facebook? No. They know I don't use Facebook. They've accepted it. Yeah, I think I think that's that is the difference. It's of saying I, for me, I'm saying I use Linux. I am proud to use Linux. I am happy to use Linux. If you want to talk to me, if you've got infections on your Windows computer, I'll happily fix it. Um, but I will try to talk you around. I will evangelize open source. I will evangelize the whole concept of open source and free software um, through the venue of Linux through Firefox, through LibreOffice, through whatever. Um, it's there's a difference between saying there's that's the position that I 
hold and 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 taking that to a step further and saying oh you use a Mac you're scum but you, you're scum I don't want to talk to you because you use a Mac you use Windows right. you you like using Windows uh, I won't talk to you because you use Windows you know that's a whole different thing it's like accepting people because they are family because it's putting that ahead as Klaatu says it's putting that ahead of the whole software freedom thing while still advocating the, the idea that if you ever have problems with the, your computer I know what I'm talking about you know talk to me and I'll set you up with Linux and, and I'll show you how to use it and I'll support you and all that that's fine it's like an extra thing that's like, it's not forcing it on them it's like saying this is a better way of life and if you want to join that you know where I am sort of thing I yeah, think, I, right. I, I agree with Fissile Web about that and um Facebook and Twitter, um, well, somebody mentioned how accounts have been hijacked, and I was thinking MSN over the years, all these, um, every now and again, the MSN accounts being uh, hijacked, and then spam emails or or people's accounts being taken over. But but Twitter, again, um, a few months ago, uh, my... Uh, or something like that. My my brother's my older brother's account got hijacked or taken over by something, and he's he's not really, he doesn't really know computer stuff that well, and he's whatever. But he he basically came to me and said, "Look, what 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 should I do? Um, my account's been hijacked." And I was like, uh, "You you changed your, your your password," and and his girlfriend right. the same thing happened there, and you know it, stuff like that, and. I mean, I've I've made it. I've said to him before, like, look, I I don't I use an alternative to Twitter. Actually, it's called Identica. Oh, I do sometimes then on that anyway. So, but I remember he came along with me to Old Camp, and we had a talk there actually with somebody, and it was mentioned there. I remember that how basically he sort of said, um, yeah, okay, Identica, but the all my friends use. Twitter or all my friends use Facebook and that, that that's that's the issue right there for a lot of this what we're talking about people will use what their friends and their family use they're not they're not in general they're not like us they're not going to think oh this this uh, service it's from a company there's all these ads and it it's got some security issues possibly and oh I'm going to look at the alternatives and, and you know it applies to everything it applies to software as well they're going to use Microsoft they're going to use Apple they're not going to in general they're not going to uh, think oh I should switch to. Uh, I'm getting viruses in Windows. I mean, my dad is a great example. He he he's used Windows for for a long time. As part every company he worked for, he used Windows, and he's had viruses on, on family computers. And he, you know, he he refuses to go and use Linux, and it's just quite simply because that's what he's used to, and every, he thinks everyone else uses it, so he must. And you know, that's the issue we we have. And so, yeah, people right. do not. People are not, you know, people are, that's what they care about. They care about what everyone else does. The same thing with celebrities. I, I, I personally do not care what the uh, all these celebrities are up to. You know, I've got my own life to live. I do not care what the celebrities are up to. I've got my own life to live. I'll repeat that. But the, the mainstream, the average people, that's what they care about as well. Same kind of thing. They care about what their friends are doing and their family are doing. And, you know, and so some of these things are hard sale. You can't, you can't um, sell it. And the same with um, Linux distributions. You know, it's a hard sell in general, but 
Ubuntu, I'm going to use Ubuntu example here, they do have a chance of of going more mainstream, I believe, because of how they're like, how they're really trying to go mainstream, how does the company behind it, how does money behind it, and that, and, you know, how it's commercial, and that has more of a chance of going uh, mainstream in the community distribution, such as Majir, which, as some of you have seen, I'm, uh, I use Majir and so on, contribute to a bit, you know, that's how I see it as well. Majir is lovely, but I, d- I don't see it going all mainstream, right? With the masses ever, <laughs> I do. I do see a distribution like Ubuntu having a chance, though. It's nice also that Netflix is no longer a good excuse since uh, the Compolio version of Wine came out. I don't count that, <laughs> but um, to get on onto that subject though, like um, I don't know how many of you know uh, Beth Lynn uh, from Ohio Linux Fest, and she always would ask me, "Well, why does your wife use Windows?" It's like, well, here's the thing: I love my wife. Okay, I'm not going to say you must use Linux. Uh, no matter what I tell her, it's not going to make a difference. I'd rather stay married to my wife than force Linux on her. So, I, and I can't do that. I do have a rule, though. The only there's only two sets of people that I will support Windows for it. One is work because hey, they pay me. Two is family, and that's it. If somebody at church asks me, I'll probably help them too. I guess so. Three people, three three categories yeah. of people. See, you you suffer from the same thing that a lot of us do. Yeah, you suffer from probably what a lot of us suffer from, and that is that we're pretty decent people. You know, we're like nice people so even though right. you're like i'm not going to help people with windows it's like well if you ask me i probably will because i'm a nice guy but what yeah, would yeah. windows be Claire, to if if there weren't people i was thinking of this just the other day actually where would windows be if there weren't people like us because well, good, every family Peter, must good. know someone like us right and, yeah yeah you know and, and just to take your bloody machine into a shop these days and say okay my windows machine won't boot which happens, let's say, every six months, being generous, how much money would people have to spend to get their computers fixed? I'm pretty oh, sure good, there's good. a technical term for us, and it's called enablers. No, oh, I'll tell you very, what. Very friends, true, but if we didn't do it, we'd be Apple. My friends right. who appreciate my help with computers all use Linux. I'll give you one better than that, Peter. Where would Windows... Bear in mind, I'm now drunk. I... Uh, well, officially class it as inebriated, but to say kindly, I'll say I'm drunk. So, but just keep that in mind. Where where would Windows be if it wasn't for the antivirus and the anti-malware um, companies? If you buy, if, I mean, imagine imagine the scenario. If you bought a Windows machine, up. yeah, sorry. Uh, if you bought a Windows machine and it didn't have a free trial of McAfee or Norton or something on it. Where would Windows be? It'd be in the same in... place, Disselweb. You're, you're going down a dead-end road here because every Windows computer comes with a 60-day free trial of antivirus and every Windows computer yeah, has an expired antivirus on it. You know what right. I really hate, too, is when people come to me and say, oh, I hate my computer, it's always playing up. And I say, no, hold on. One thing you have to understand is that laptop or computer is exactly the same way it came out of the shop. What's playing up is that convoluted piece of shit that you use for an operating system. That's playing up. Now, if you put a decent operating system on that machine, 
it would be fine and it would run for years and years and years and you never have a trouble nah. with it. And they you ignore know? you. See, no, yeah. that's, that's not true, Peter. I don't I don't see that true. If Linux is... becomes as popular as Windows is today, guess what the hell we're going to have? Malware and viruses. Oh, yeah. It's going to find another true. way to get them in. Right. But that, that is a lot more secure. Like... My understanding yeah, is more secure. More Peter, your password is one, two, three, four. How can that be more secure? <laughs> and I tell you what, Pokey, it served me for. He has a he has a password years. now. When did this yeah. happen? <laughs> he upgraded. It's you and Sandy rubbing it in all the time, so I thought I better at least put one two on there. I'll say, I I I was gonna just jump in here for a second. I don't really consider myself an enabler in that regard. Because um, anyone outside of my family knows that I do computer repair as a as a side business, so they have to pay me to work on their Windows machine. Oh, so well, you're nice. a filler. Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, and what, what, and, and then and then for as far as family, as far as family, um, like I said, my my immediate family all use Linux. And the rest of my family is far enough away that if they wanted me to fix their computers, they'd have to ship it to me. So it's much easier to find someplace locally to do it. <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. don't tempt. I've had them do it. You know, I think I think what doesn't help here is the fact that PC is generally it's the it's the name for Windows PC. I mean, PC, as we all know, stands for personal computer. It's nothing to do with which which operating system it is it's on it. Uh, but as far as the world's media, as far as the world is concerned, PC means Windows PC. Uh, I think that doesn't really help. Well, that goes back yeah, to root, that goes back to the root of the we original old operating system. Well, that, that goes back to the root of the original operating system, which was called PC DOS, not MS DOS, PC DOS. And it was later when when Microsoft kind of pushed in on the DOS area that they they kind of co opted the PC name from IBM. No, right. no, no. The, the, the PC DOS was the IBM, and MS DOS was when it broke free. Yeah, it certainly doesn't help when you hear like news reports saying, "Oh, a PC virus caused such and such." It's not a fucking PC virus; it's a fucking Windows virus. Get your fucking journalism straight. Well, I have to. Thing. I know. I'm still struggling with that terminology, actually, because I grew up thinking PCs right. were Windows. So I'm still, yeah, I still catch myself thinking and saying that. The the thing is, they don't know and they don't care. Um, to give you an idea, um, I was talking with my mom. I said, "Why don't you get um, Comcast? Because their connection's going to be faster than your DSL connection." And she goes, "Oh no, I won't do that because uh, your your brother has has that." And their their uh, internet's always so slow over there. I said it's probably because the the kids and his, the rest of his family. You know, my my brother's the type that when their computer gets too messed up, rather than actually fix the computer and get rid of the viruses and the other stuff, they just go out and buy a new computer. And you know, and and What's my mom his also does he lock his trash can. Yeah, <laughs> and my mom also has the uh, the uh, invalid uh, assumption that, well, since you're you know if you're if somebody's watching TV at the same time uh, as you're using the internet, then the internet's going to be slower. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it doesn't work that way, mom. 
Well, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I, it actually like, works that way for me. If I'm watching TV, my internet is uh, is my TV is streamed over my internet, so right. it, it actually have, affects me. Right, but you have a unique situation. You have probably like, AT and T, right? Uh, no, actually, I'm up in Canada. I got fiber. Oh, okay. See, well, it's the same co- concept. Uh, AT and T's Uverse is the same thing because uh, you basically stream your TV. Uh, over the same connection. In fact, uh, your cable box is also your cable modem, I believe, on AT and T Uverse. Yeah, the way it works for anybody that's on fiber who gets TV service through fiber is uh, your fiber is IPTV, and uh, it, so that actually applies to them. Like if somebody's watching TV, your internet's going to be slower. That is a rare case, though. More, most people who have cable service would not be affected at the same time. Yeah, that, that's not cable. That's fiber. Right. Like, like my, my connection speed, I've got 80 megabits per second down and 30 megabits per second up. I've got a, nope. a very decent connection. Oh, well, wow. Yeah. See, I've never yeah. met anybody that had a faster connection than me. I've got 75 yeah. over 50. You know what they say about quality fiber? It keeps you regular. Dude, they they got somebody. They got a couple people up here who have twenty five, two hundred and twenty five megabits down and a hundred megabits up. I got to in the bathroom. Is, now I never leave. Yeah. All I'm saying is, if if Google Fiber uh, enters Columbus, uh, I'm there <laughs> uh-huh. for many reasons. I and I don't me? care. <laughs> are, you, are, are you kidding me? The moment Google no. Fiber comes to the DC Baltimore area. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, never I mean leave dude, room. it's not only is it cheaper, you know, you get all the other stuff. I mean, dude, you get a Nexus Seven, and, and yeah, I, I know, I know. You know, in a way, it's just, Gmail all over again. Yeah, exactly, really. But it, it it's, 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 um, it's the future. I, these, these company, so, cable companies so, are just charging too much for this. So, on, on the Google thing, what do we all make of the whole Nexus Four supply and demand? Debacle. Yeah. I'll tell they you this much. I, yeah. I got a Nexus 4, and I made a buttload of money off of it. Yeah, the Nexus 4, I looked at that and thought, hmm. So the thing is, I mean, Google can't possibly look at that and go, it's an unlocked uh, Android phone, you know, pure Nexus, pure Google phone, and it's mucho cheap compared to, like, the rest of the top-of-the-line phones. There's no contract. It's all unlocked. Everything's unlocked. Oh, that can't possibly be popular. You know, for ordering stock. And then suddenly surprised if like find that the fucking thing sells out. Yeah. Well, I think they were just uh, thinking that only uh, Android developers were going to be the ones buying it. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, somebody goofed on that one. Well, it, sometimes it comes down to just what parts are in it, what chips are available for each production run. It's not necessarily they didn't order. It's just each production run, they could. there's only so many pieces and parts on hand. I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> I mean, they've never had issues with, uh, uh, you know, not Google, but I mean, other companies don't have issues with finding enough parts for, for their phones. <laughs> the iPhone yeah, did they, they they must have some vague idea through market rate. I mean, bear in mind, this is Google we're talking about. This is the company who saw existence as a artificial sca- mar- artificial scarcity scarcity rules. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
Obviously, well, I mean, right? That, that, this, this is the company who exists because of analytics, because of analysing people's traffic and people's interest in various things. They know what people want, you know, and, and they tailor that into searches. They tailor that into lot, lots of things. They tailor that and make it available to webmasters. They know what people want. They can't possibly be surprised at the possible interest. Oh, people might actually want an unlocked phone at fucking good prices. They can't possibly be surprised at that. Surely, it's Google we're talking about here. Google doesn't always get it right, though, on their information. That's true. A lot of people don't remember that Google makes, Google makes a lot of mistakes along the way. It has made a lot of mistakes along the way. The difference is they learn from their mistakes and move on. I've heard it said different times about different things that... Uh, market research can sometimes be kind of harmful to a product because people will tell you what they think they want uh, and they're often wrong. Yeah, I have heard actually some companies who they, all their market research points them to um, oh, this product's going to sell out X amount, of co- X amount of units in X amount of time and then they make enough for that and then they find out that they've got plenty of stock left and no one wants to buy it and it was like overstocked. Um, so I, and I get the whole thing. I mean, I think the PS2, I think it was, was accused of, the Sony PS2 was accused of not having anywhere near enough stock to meet the demand deliberately to, to say that, oh, sold out here, sold out there, everywhere, sold out everywhere, you know? 30 there seconds go. to go. Almost New Year's here in the East Coast. All right. It's not just the East Coast, but we got Bahamas, Peru, uh, Colombia, Cuba, Jamaica, the Eastern Time Zone in the USA, and do they call it the Eastern Time Zone in Canada? I'm not sure if they yeah, call it the Canada, same time zone. Yeah. Happy New Year. But it, yeah, in Canada and so, U.S. Eastern Time Zones. Five, so I- four, three, two, one. Happy, Happy, Happy New Year. Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Do I set my clock forward an hour or back an hour? I forget. (laughs) (laughs) Or or, or as Epicana says, Happy Arbitrary Division of the Year in Eastern Standard Time, everybody. Yay. Welcome to 2013. I think that's all of us in now, isn't it? What does he mean, mean, Arbitrary Division of the Year? I thought it was the rotation of the Earth around the Sun. Yes. Yeah, but when it starts and stops is arbitrary. Yeah, the actual oh. measurement of time is somewhat arbitrary. Oh, right, I got you. What, what, what do you mean, rotate? Happy New Year, everybody. What do you mean, rotate? The Earth is flat. Don't you know that? The Earth is flat. <laughs> the Earth has always been flat. I meant rolling. Rolling? What's this rolling stuff? The Earth has been flat. <laughs> it's, a ring, it's a ring world. What are you talking no, about? No, it's, it's on the back of a damn turtle and, like, elephants. Is it? Now you're now you're talking. See, that's the kind of language I'm talking about. That's that's what I'm and talking it's about. That, around. That's what I grok on the back of a turtle and the back of four four elephants. That's what I grok. Your great Artuan. That's what I, that's what I grok. But is great Artuan male or female? We'd really need to know that. Apparently, it's male. I believe great Artuan's male, uh, but I could be wrong. Boy, I hope so. Oh, no. Is anyone? Is anyone I'm... still? Is anyone who's still chatting at the moment uh, still in 2012 or not? Uh, I am. I am. I'm in the next time zone. 
<laughs> at this point, I don't care. I just find someone with a Disc World reference. <laughs> so I'm rolling with that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there's still three more time zones to go for the U.S. Hey, I'm, uh, it's I'm Mountain yeah, Standard. Yeah, I said something like I'm that. I'm Mountain Standard time here. Yeah, I'm Mountain Standard. More like four. Two, two more. Oh, well, yeah, four because of Hawaii. There's like seven time zones in the U.S. What? Oh, you're yeah, smoking then. something, dude. <laughs> if you go all the way to the edge of Alaska, there's like seven or eight. Oh, yeah. Times Square brought to you by Nivea. Yay, yay. Seven or eight? <laughs> I think you'd have to count Guam and Hawaii. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I was going to say Hawaii, so that makes five. Seven? What? Guam, Guam's, Guam's already Hawaii. over. They're, they're already... Yeah, they switched with Japan. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean they're yeah, in a Guam, separate time zone. Guam's already uh, in the oh, new year. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. If you... If you start at the East Coast, there's six, because there's the four continental time zones, there's Alaska, and then there's Hawaii. Correct. I was going to say, all of, I thought all of Alaska was in a single time zone or, or something like that. And this exercise in futility is exactly why amateur radio operators use universal coordinated time, otherwise known as Greenwich Mean Time. That's what we are <laughs> using. Greenwich is just mean time. Cool. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Just an just an FYI, the, the W the W is not pronounced, so it's just Greenwich rather than Greenwich. Just saying. Oh, I didn't also, know that. Also, in the uh-huh. you're just European. Also, yeah, when we're American. We don't give a do you, fuck. Can I say something? Right, when we got summer in the UK, we go off GMT or UTC and we end up on BST, British summertime. Yeah, that's just odd. <laughs> that that really is odd. If you install an, an OS sometime over the summer, your your whole time zones are all thrown out. Is like, I'll set it to like London and Lisbon, I think. Time, it's like, hang on a minute, that's not quite right. There's an hour either way. It's just bizarre. Anyway, I'm so a- looking forward to my traditional pork and sauerkraut meal tomorrow. That's a German tradition here. I'm not sure that that music is Creative Commons licensed. Yeah, I'm sure it's not. My son, I'm about ready to wring his neck, but anywho. Uh, <laughs> Remember, but yeah, don't that's... plan to do it. That's an extra five to ten years. That's right. So, any, <laughs> But that that's what I eat for the first meal of the new year is pork and sauerkraut. That's a long time uh, long time. I'm already going after the pork right now. I'm disappointed oh, in yeah. pizza pizza, Joe. Ah, I had Chinese for dinner tonight. I'll get a sour <laughs> German tomorrow. Hey, that's what I had for dinner tonight was Chinese. Yeah, uh, the nice. southern tradition is to uh, to get poke salad. Well, it, I always thought it was black-eyed pizza, peas pizza. in the south. I, did black, I used to do black-eyed peas and ham. Right now I'm cooking up some pork shoulder steaks in walnut oil. That actually that sounds, sounds delicious. delicious. Oh, see, most of my family's from uh, uh, Alabama and uh, New Orleans, and uh, for us, the tradition is uh, shrimp jambalaya. Hey, Peter, sixty-four. You you really don't have any comprehension of just how bad that uh, Little Caesars pizza is, do you? You didn't try that, did you? <laughs> I used to work there. We didn't actually. We didn't eat a lot of takeout while we were over. Well. Put it this way, if it comes between Little Caesars or Frozen, I'll take the Little Caesars. No way, the Frozen. Oh, absolutely. No, they're, yeah, they're some they're better good quality Frozen. frozen. Here's where well, it's weird. It depends Why? on what frozen kind of Frozen. Frozen, so much frozen and then reheated. 
Well, well, it depends on what kind of frozen time. you're talking about, though. I mean, if yeah, you're talking about yeah. DiGiorno. I know. I'll take any frozen pizza pizza over uh, Little Caesars. I'll put it this way, uh, Peter. The last time I ate Little Caesars, I did not poop for four days. And when I did, it really hurt. Come on. <laughs> pizza is like sex. You can get that from just about any pizza. Pizza is like That's sex. Right. When it's good, it's great. And when it's bad, it's still pretty damn good. That's Amen. right. Amen. Happy New Year's, everybody. Absolutely. Golf is like. Golf and is I'm like not sex. There's some sex you I would be run good from. At, uh, enjoy it. They tell me. Well, the only good thing is pizza won't give you the clap. <laughs> if you get it more than once, is it an applause? Java, Java girl says, "Throw away the pizza and eat the box." Oh, that's all right. Good. <laughs> all right, James. Hey, I'm, she's I'm, not I'm wrong. wrong. I don't say off. Pizza Hut is actually you know, not that great get, pizza uh, anymore pizza with either. Crabs on it. Whoa, I'm off I'm to bed. bed so. so I'll take Pizza Sorry. Hut over Little Caesars. Can I, I will they say have that. a pizza up here that has uh, fish, crab, and lobster on it. Cheers, Jens. Ooh, that sounds. Uh, I don't know no, about that. Thank you. Hey, Pipe Man, thank thanks a lot for hanging out with us, man. You're awesome. Well, see, it yeah. all depends on what kind see of later, fish we're talking about. Because I'll take seafood on pizza any day, but what fish are we talking about? Yeah, halibut. I'll take I'll take uh, I don't know clams. Maybe uh, trout. Or it clams, uh, scallop, yeah. but scallops, maybe uh, mussels. Yeah, that might be good. And me, oh, dude, have have y'all ever cooked mussels on the grill? Like a charcoal grill, not a gas grill? Yes. yes. Oh, mussels on the grill. Oh. And like I said, I, Klaatu's probably vomiting. Try veggies <laughs> on the grill. Klaatu would even eat that. He would. What I love on artichokes on the grill. Oh yeah, artichokes and asparagus. Yeah, oh man. Or or take Don't some get... uh, take some uh, corn on the cob on the grill. Oh yeah, that's nice. Corn on the cob yep. on the barbie. Now, when you do corn on the cob, do you do it? Do you uh, soak it in water for about fifteen minutes before you put it on the grill and leave it in the husk, or wrap it in aluminum foil? Yeah, we generally yeah. we generally soak it and then leave it in the husk. Oh, turns out really good. Yeah, you, you must be from the south because everybody up here takes it out of the husk, wraps it in aluminum foil, and puts some butter in it. And I'm just like, no, that's not oh. how you do it. Hey, I no. I told you, I told you, my half my family's from Alabama and Louisiana, man. That's one of the things that I I have kind of made a resolution for the new year is to eat more vegetables. I don't eat nearly enough. I'm sorry, Gorkon, God, man. You, you I get love a grill vegetables, and, but I just can't you will learn to eat wheelchair. Veg- Joe, we would never have guessed looking at your physique. Kiss my ass. <laughs> um, no, I, it's it's just one of those things that that you know, I I like certain vegetables, but I, I, you know, I I don't know. It's just uh, try try. I don't like um like canned vegetables. Is they're nasty. The, about the one, only ones that I can actually keep around the house that are tolerable are the frozen ones, and I don't even like those. I'd much rather have fresh vegetables and keeping them fresh, you know, for like a week. Well, that's what life's not always is for. easiest. Well, here's what, here's so, a southern uh, one for you. you. What you got to do, man, is you you got to get your own little bitty mini garden and just set it in the windowsill uh, yeah. and let it grow. Here, here's a southern one for you: fried okra. Mm. Oh, there oh, you go, yeah. okra. Yeah, fried, fried green fried, tomatoes. Okra. Now, fried green tomatoes is good. Very good. Okra, okra I, I guess I'm the I guess I'm the odd man out here then because I love me some fried okra. 
Oh, dude, oh yeah. I haven't had I fried okra. okra in three years. I am dying for some fried okra. Thanks. I think, what, I think it's an interesting texture. What is it? I've never heard of this. It's its own vegetable. Yeah, Peter, it's like a, um... It's okay. The outside is like a pepper, but a little uh, more fibrous, and the inside is like it's a snot, oil. and then there's little <laughs> balls that pop. Yeah, it, 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 it's not like a chili. Or no, a it's not no, spicy no. at all. It's not spicy. No, it's, not it's, spicy. spicy at all. it's almost like a mix between, say, a gourd fruit and an asparagus. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I say it now. It looks, and, yeah. and and if you fry it up, it just pops in your mouth. You know. Now, fried mushrooms. I love fried mushrooms, but they're oh, not exactly yeah. healthy. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okra, it's, it, it, it loses mushrooms. all of the slimy. You, you don't get any of the slime when you fry it. it it's just uh, this nice, yeah. juicy piece of veggie. It also uh, depends on how you fry oh, it. Like I say, walnut oil. Or, or I wanted no, to hear what I wanted to hear what Klaatu had to say. I'll about go even better and say, say fried portobello mushrooms. I want to hear what Klaatu had to That's say good. about vegetables. He's the pro. Yeah, I like is. them. <laughs> right on. Thanks, Klaatu. No problem. That's helpful. <laughs> I'm, I'm here when you need me. What kind now, of vegetables would I you make, the... though? That's my, my question. What would you make, Klaatu? If you're making your own dinner right now, what would you make? Like a salad, or what would you do? No, I mean, now that you guys are talking about grilling, I would grill a bunch of vegetables, like on a kebab, and just uh, and eat it right off the, the kebab stick. That that's good stuff. Like you know, okay. potatoes, uh, tomatoes, artichoke hearts, um, mushrooms, Capsicum, onion, mushies. Ah, oh, Clatter, I'm gonna like the Barbie now. I know. Is that, I mean, it's really. Yeah, I, can, meat I love on mine, grilled, grilled vegetables. Yeah. Throw some prawns in there. Well, yeah. I was gonna say, I, I'd have to. I'd have it to go with good, that. But you have to put some food alongside it. I'd have to go with that <laughs> and either throw some uh, crawfish, or crawdads, or, or some shrimp on there. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'd go with I'd, I'd go with all the vegetables you just said, but then I'd add in either some some pro, uh, uh, some crawdads or some some shrimp to it. Food. Yeah. No shrimp or vegetables. Yeah, those are those are insects, I believe, right? Uh, they're uh, arachnids. arachnids. No. Yeah. Yes. So, very high protein, low fat. Very good right. for you. So the one the one thing I'm missing from the south, I've been missing collard greens. What anybody yeah. else? <laughs> Never had them. I, oh, man. No. It's, I've, I've oh, got yeah. a pot that, that I'll be eating tomorrow. Yeah. No, no, if, no, uh, no, 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 not to be confused with segregated greens. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't, like, like uh, for spinach, I'd much rather have it raw than I would cook, because cooked spinach yeah. is just, yeah. Yeah, Me maybe too. spinach leaves on a salad, that's a winner. I well, was thinking that you're, you're probably not cooking it the right way. You you got to get about uh, you got to cook that. a pound of a bacon, drain salt. off all the fat, no, throw all no, that fat no, into, no. into the water, <laughs> nah, a little see, bit no. of vinegar. Cobra, nah, dude, see, no, the only no. way, the only I way was I thinking was that casserole, yeah, spinach is just incredible. Or like you guys said, raw in a salad. But uh, so yeah. when you the guys so slimy spinach out of a can, no. With spinach, when you guys yeah, that's nasty. talking about fried mushrooms, I was thinking to myself, why would you ruin a perfectly good mushroom? Now the only way the only way I like eat spinach is is the, the the spinach leaves in a salad, man. That's whew. yeah. I mean, so you I need to try dicing up a bunch of spinach leaves and pop them into a nice thick stew. Uh, I put them on pizza. Now, do you guys All have morel good, mushrooms yeah. where you are? 
Yeah. We do. Oh, morels are like butter, man. Yeah, they're a little too they're a little too rich for me. They don't agree with me at all. I like them, but now uh, there's no, something I, that I, I've I started eat, doing for my I won't wife. Eat mushrooms, I think they're nasty. Oh, I love mushrooms. mushrooms something I started good. doing for my wife, and 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 this is not for Clatu <laughs> because it involves meat. But we like pizza in our house, of course. But <clears throat> my wife is a diabetic, so it's you know something where she shouldn't really be eating. So one th- about once a week, I bake her a low carb pizza, and that's essentially the bottom is uh, hamburger. And two cups of mozzarella mixed together. Then you just kind of flatten it down on your pizza pan and throw your sauce and cheese and whatever else you want on top of that. And uh, it, it's not quite pizza, but it kind of gives you that flavor of pizza. And it's a little bit better for my wife to eat. And I like, yeah, to, I like put to put more vegetables on that, too. How long do you bake that, that before you pie. bread it and deep fry it? I don't bread it or deep fry it, but I bake it for um, just until uh, like the cheese gets golden brown, you know. Uh, yeah, just kind of like pie. a good pizza. Oh, back onto the mushrooms thing. Got a great recipe for stuffed mushrooms. You take uh, just any old mushroom, snap the stem off, shove a bunch of cream cheese in it, and dice up a, a couple of onions and put yeah. that on top, and then put some extra old cheddar right on top, lay that on the grill, and let it rip. Ten minutes later, mmm. I've got one for you. Good. Um, it's a variation on that same recipe. Uh, the the only difference is is you take and dice up jalapenos and stuff them in the uh, the, the the sour cream or whatever you put in the mushroom. That sounds yummy. Aren't they hot? Those bloody things. That's their pickles, Jala- aren't they? Well, when you when you when you've eaten jalapenos and habaneros and other peppers, jalapenos aren't that hot. But if you've no, never really not. had if you've never really had a hot pepper before, yeah, it'll probably be uh... <laughs> So when yeah. you're stuffing your jalapenos, do you deseed them or do you leave the seeds in? Leave the seeds in, you wimp. Yeah, and dicing up the jalapenos and, and throwing them in the, the sour cream in the mushroom. But yeah, you leave the seeds in no matter how you do it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah the, th- the thing with the jalapenos is make sure that when you're picking the jalapenos out, go for the really tiny ones, the really absolutely minuscule ones. The smallest, the better. They are the really fucking strong arse. Ones. I mean, the bigger mm-hmm. ones, they're a bit weak, but the small ones, they are really fucking concentrated. Yeah, jalapenos. For the actually, actually, they're weak. You, you want some? You want some uh, concentrated jalapenos? Find somebody from uh, South America, Guatemala, Argentina, wherever, who uh, knows how to grow jalapenos. What they do is they actually grow them in sort of a greenhouse setting where they have basically water they're water sprinkling on them basically 24/7 the trick with any pepper is that the more you water it the hotter it grows so they basically water them 24/7 until they're fully ripe to get them as hot as they can get them nice hey peter yeah i i think of jalapenos they're like the uh they're like the gateway pepper or like maybe a fulcrum right. on, a, on a on a seesaw. So everybody's sitting on the cool side of the seesaw. The, the jalapeno is the hottest thing they can imagine. But if you actually eat spicy food and get into it, the jalapeno is about the coolest thing you consider hot and spicy. Yep. Oh, I don't eat nothing like that, Pokey. Like I said, anything hotter than Vegemite's too hot for me. I feel oh, like even, 
Even pepperoncinis? No, I don't. Saying, Honest had, to no. God, capsicum on a barbecue is as bad as close to hot as I'll ever get. I was going to say, I've had um, Japanese yellow mustard, and we're not talking about American yellow mustard. We're talking Japanese yellow mustard. That stuff, I don't know what, what kind of peppers or whatever they put in them, but that stuff, it goes down. It's kind of hot, but as soon as it hits your stomach, it literally is like someone lit a fire up your spine, and then it shoots out your eyeballs. That's hot. I like the Oriental really... stuff is horseradish, not... not uh... Uh, well, that's pepper. wasabi. Was I really love wasabi? That stuff's great, but I don't. I don't think wasabi and uh, yellow mustard are, are going to be the same thing because mustard's no. mustard and wasabi's a, a a horseradish. It's a different. It was. Plant. I was gonna say wasabi. And it's hard. green. Right, true wasabi is actually kind of hard to get here in the states. You know, maybe over there, in the, maybe in the the middle of the country, out here by the coast, you can get it all over the place. See, oh, well, yeah. it's a different world, almost. It really kind of is. The, the wasabi I would find here in the store, it's it's not what they would call true wasabi. It's powder. Right, it's just not It's not the same. But, no, that's yeah. real wasabi. You have to, it has to be powderized, and you have to mix it up, because if it's if it's stored wet, then the, uh, the, the spice that's in it, I forget what the spice is called. It's not capsaicin. It's not the same as other peppers. But that spice evaporates if it's wet. They have, you have to keep right. it dry to preserve it. Interesting. It gets nasty after a while. I like, I like wasabi this. peas for a snack. Yeah, those are really good. Have y'all ever had the, uh, the Vietnamese chili peppers? Nope. I have no idea. I have. Yep. How long ago did this the, devolve the, those into Those bad boys are, are pretty hot. <laughs> and we were on amateur radio. We started getting hungry. It's the third time it's devolved had, into food conversation. I was going to say, that's going to be common with this crowd. I've never actually <laughs> had the Vietnamese peppers, but I've wanted to try them. I've been actually looking for them. I haven't been able to find them anywhere around here. <laughs> Where are you at now? I can tell you. Uh, I'm in the Baltimore, D.C. area, and it's probably just because I'm not looking in the right place. Go go start scouting out your local farmer's markets, man. I, I know uh, down towards Washington, there's a farmer's market that has Vietnamese chili peppers because uh, I've driven through there. Nice. I'll have to check it out. Interesting. <laughs> and probably anybody, some oriental markets, too. Anybody who feels the conversation has devolved to a particular topic, it's your show, too, man. You can I didn't see who said it, but you know, feel free to change the subject. We're, we're all in. Well, yeah, not so much that is like I've only got about twenty minutes to be in here to participate. So if someone wants to have like a technical discussion, I'd love to get in on that before I have to step out and you know bring in the new year. So I've got Let the problem about like clusters. Yeah, I, uh, what, what, what about that? What about that? Windows Eight Surface and RT and UEFI. And oh, stuff. shut up, you drunk fuck! Yeah, yeah. Really. <laughs> actually. Hey, Right, I've got a question for y'all. Here's a technical one. I resemble that Hey, thanks, Thistleweb. Let's go back to food. How about that? Uh, I've got a technical question for you guys if we want to change the subject. Um, uh, the, a couple articles that came back out in uh, November talking about how the Gnome Project was uh, basically switching their opinion and uh, going to release a sort of Gnome 2-esque version of, of, of Gnome now, again. 
anybody tried that out or or what's their opinion on that because i was thinking of trying it out i haven't tried that out and i've heard about it but i was wondering if anybody in here to sort of tack on a question to your question was even sort of believing that gnome has any idea what they're going to be doing in the next six months yeah i don't think they do that that would be the point where they realized that pissing people off on a fucking huge scale was probably not a good idea. Well, well I welcome to Canonical. And I love KDE, so I, I don't guess I'll be trying that anytime soon. Yeah, when I checked in earlier on this thing, I heard about you know people discussing KDE, and now we're talking about Gnome, and Thistleweb mentions pissing people off, and that that's sort of the way Ubuntu is going now, right? I mean, they don't give a yep, crap yep. about how anybody does anything these days. They're just going to go their own way. They're going to yep, be yep. Apple II. And um, I think Gnome is like pulling back and saying, "Well, we're going to do something different. We're going to put Can out an OS. We're going to be, we're going to have a, a desktop that's all our own." Meanwhile, since it's open source, everybody's taking it in three or four or five or six, seven other directions. And uh, I'd like to know where the desktop thing is going because I'm personally a fan of Gnome, but I don't see where it's going to wind up at this point. Well, for me, of I use I don't use GNOME. I use OpenBox, and I have used XFCE. I sort of switched back and forth between them, but I use Nautilus as my my file manager, primarily because it has a split pane. And as soon as the the, the GNOME developers decided the split pane, oh, we don't want that. We're going to remove that. That was the point where I flipped. I completely. Fl- flipped on GNOME. I really do not give a hoot about GNOME. As far as I'm concerned, they they can they can dissolve, they can run into I don't care. Honestly, I really don't care. I would love that's that's just one in quite a lot of decisions. But that's the one that particularly affected me was we are yeah. going to remove that split pane is like how fucking dare you that's the only reason I use Nautilus. If it wasn't for a split pane, I would not use Nautilus. That's the only reason I use Nautilus. And that, to me, was like a complete, basically a big middle finger to the, the users of GNOME. To me, at that point, I don't care what happens to GNOME. If, if GNOME runs off the edge of a cliff with a handful of users a handful of developers and everyone else abandoned them, so be it. They've, they've, they've made their own bed as far as I'm concerned. Hey, this yep. web, I'm, I'm not a GNOME user. What do you mean by a split pane? It's the split in half so you can see one folder on one side and one folder on the other side. Yeah, in Nautilus, if you, click, if you put, press the F3 button, I don't use it very often. I have to say, I don't use it very often. But I love the fact that it's there. That is the the reason I use Nautilus. Every now and again, when I have to copy something across from one folder to another, I click F3 and it splits that window in half. That's it gives nice. A split pane. Tell me about it. That is fucking useful. That is yeah, really see, fucking uh, useful. Uh, here, here's something for you, ThistleWeb. If you use Linux Mint, uh, the latest Linux Mint ships with Nemo as the file manager. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it has and, it. Exactly, and that's one of the reasons why Nemo exists, why Mint decided to fork it in the first place, is because the GNOME developers are arseholes. The GNOME developers decided, oh, 
No one uses that split pane shite. We'll just remove that. No, you will fucking not. That's the, that's the only time, I kid you not, it's the only time I have ever, as soon as I read something on like Slashdot or OMG Ubuntu or whatever, that's the only time I have ever immediately jumped into Synaptic and said, lock this, lock Nautilus at this, ver- at this exact version. Do not allow it under any circumstances to upgrade because I need, I want that split pane. That that's the the only program I have ever actually jumped out my way to to stick at the very at that version because the gnome developers are fucking assholes. Thought you so, didn't care. Hey, thistle, thistle web. Uh, <laughs> I just fired up not uh not Nautilus. I just fired up Dolphin on my Slackware fourteen install and I hit F three and it split my pain. It's oh yeah, no I, feature I, since like Midnight Commander. Yeah, yeah. yeah There's also like Tux Commander, which has that too. So yeah, I mean, there, this, there are other file managers that have that feature. Oh yeah, this I know web, that. I know that. Up, I know that. This web, you keep up this kind of drink, and you're going to have a splitting pain of your own tomorrow. So don't even worry about it. <laughs> well, Coach, yeah. To, to, to yeah. step back a second, um, it goes clear back to uh, on Windows the old Norton Commander. Right. See, yeah, that's, that's, that's one, one, one drawback. That's one drawback to, you know, uh, I use uh, XFCE and Thunar. Thunar doesn't have split pane functionality, and that's the one thing I miss about Nautilus. But you're also into the... Okay, well, (laughs) let me finish this thought since I've said it like seven times already. Standard FTP system. Hang on, hang on. Sorry about that, but I mean, um, you're also jumping into the fact that you don't like the Nautilus file manager, but that's not all of GNOME, and of course, if it doesn't do what you want to do, you can throw in whatever file manager you want, and isn't that part of what the freedom allows you? You don't have to get pissed off at the GNOME developers because they went a different way if you choose to do something or you, you choose to use a workflow that works in a different way that they've decided on. You, you have a path to you know the method that you want to use you don't have to yeah, yeah. you don't have see, to condemn the gnome for that see you, you you're right uh, up until up to a point you're right i mean um the way i look at it is um if it was something when gnome changed from gtk2 to gtk3 everything needed to be needed to be ported that's fine i get that when people when they port various functions and features across and various applications across, I get the fact that there's going to be limited resources and and all of that. I get all that. The thing is, with the split pane feature, that was the only one that concerned me. I mean, there's various other features as well that they they decided to lobotomize, but that was the one that that affected me, was the split pane. Um, So that's that's a personal thing from me. Is like the split panes. I need that. I want that. I like that. I enjoy that. I want to use that. Don't take that away from me. I get that. Now, when you take that away, it's already it's something that's already been developed. It's already been ported. It's not as if it's something that they say, well, okay, it doesn't really fit with the new GTK, so it might take us a while to get there. I get all that. But it's already been done. It's already been converted. It exists. It's co- the code's already working. Why take it away? That's my point. It's not getting anyone in anyone's way. Why let take me, it away? 
Let me ask you possibility this, that there may not have been anybody to maintain it either. Let me ask you this, K five. If uh if you know, if if somebody were to do just that to take out Nautilus and, you know, put in a different file manager, how much breaks? I mean, because with the desktop environment like GNOME, so many of these programs are linked into one another that I mean you just try to remove one and you're removing the whole desktop because everything relies on everything else and if you don't remove it and just try to install a different program and use that instead well then it's not always opened by default when you you know go to click on files or stuff like that it doesn't I mean it sounds you know easy to do but there are certain cases within desktop environments where you simply can't do that and I don't I don't know if Nautilus is one of those cases or not but uh, but it, it does exist. Actually, no, it, is one of those cases. it is one of those cases because Nautilus actually does the desktop environment as well. You have to go through some amazing contortions to use Nautilus without having it actually start a GNOME desktop on you. Um, you, know, I, you know, the thing is that uh, the thing that I look at is that when things like GNOME three were being developed, there were a lot of decisions that were being made that it was like. They were just being put out there because they wanted kind of like a change for change, change's sake type thing. And I just didn't have any respect for that. I mean, this is a perfect example of one of those things where it didn't make any sense to actually make this change. You know, with, it's taking away functionality that people have come to rely on. And you don't just change that stuff for the sake of being different. I, you know, I... And it's I don't one of the know that, about that sound chaser. I, I think I they had their reasons. Been. If you look, you look at their discussion, there. they have use cases for all the simplifications that they're doing. Well, let, uh, to address Pokey's question, actually, I'm not sure if I even remember it now, but I think the idea was that um, there, there's kind of two things involved there. One is the integration of the file manager and perhaps the desktop manager with GNOME overall as a desktop environment. And the other thing is integrating all of those things as uh, package dependencies in whatever particular distribution you're using. And yeah, one could be problematic if you're trying to like just uninstall Nautilus. That can create all kinds of package dependency issues. And I can see where that would be a problem. But I think in that case, what you do is you leave everything that GNOME requires in place and then you incorporate what other additional file managers or window managers that you want to include for your specifications, and then you do whatever configuration is necessary to change them. And then as far as Thistleweb is um, what he said about um, the things being removed, yeah, I, I, I also have a problem with functionality being taken out for no particular reason. And if that code was in there and working and it was literally removed, I can see where moved in from lounge, my you know, someone might be upset about that. But if it's... Um, instead sort of still remaining in the code base, but just turned off and maybe there's a switch to turn it back on. That might be something worth investigating, but if they've actually ripped out working code, um, yeah, I can understand why someone might be upset about that. See, that's exactly what they did. They basically removed the ability to do split pane, period. Yeah, that that's the point. I get the fact that they tried to simplify it. I totally we, we understand know. that. And if, if, if they say that we will have it by default only a single pane and you have to go into the settings to change that and enable that extra split pane, that's fine. I have no problems with that. But when they actually remove that functionality, that's, that is when I get irate. That's when I get pissed off. 
Hello, stink dog. He's muted and deafened right now. Sorry, we were talking about something, and then I kind of oh, got a bit of oh, ranty. Oh, there's another one as well. <clears throat> Hawaii, whatever. And there's uh, another island. <laughs> hey, Stank, sounds like he's playing back fr- from earlier. What's up, Stank Dog? Come on, come here with the video. Apparently there is a mumble client for uh, iOS. Wow. Uh, and currently it's Jeez, in beta. You, there you go. He's but sampling us. Because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's playing back that thing about the, the mumble client for iOS. I guess maybe he's on his iOS device now. Wow, what kind of a delay he's is he on? That was like an hour ago. No, he's on his iPad as a cutting board. What kind of clusterfuck is this? Yeah, that's I feel that way on iOS too. Apparently, there is a mumble client for such and such. Wow. You can sort of detect that, oh, this is all shit. They're using that very same fucking mumble client. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the patron saint of Hacker Public Radio, Mr. Stank Dog. Android tablet <laughs> was the name of it, so so he wouldn't be busted. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's actually. I can't hear jack shit in this verbal gangbang going on here. You know, <laughs> that that that's one of the things I figured out last year. I mean, I'm almost forty. I'll be forty next year. I have a question for you guys about mumble. Okay, well, that's great. At least somebody had something to say that wasn't an invocation of something that happened five hours ago. What's the hey, question about Mumble? Yeah, uh, what is the benefit of both muting and deafening yourself other than you want to look at the, what's written in the chat? I mean, you can't hear anything. You can't say anything. Yeah, that's a good one. And uh, I also want to let you do that, but I want to uh, mention the two list myself when you're done with that. I agree with I agree. the Freak Factor comment. Let's start kicking people. Yeah, the whole thing is probably just so folks can sit in the chat channel and take up you know, one of the 35 available spots for no apparent reason. I see this, you know, yeah. in, in other shows, too. It's not just here, in this one. Unmuted. Hey, let's call a Walmart! It's, it's basically <laughs> it's the equivalent of running your um... IRC sh- session in screen, so it never stops, no matter what you're doing. So who's for reinstating Freak Factor? Here, here. Yes. <laughs> and I would just like to... Ooh, let me, let me interject here. Ah, Stank Dog is, like, killing me, and I'm, like, feeding back. Anyway. I love it. Yeah. Um, for some people, what, this what? will make a difference, uh, or they'll be interested, and for most people in here, they will not, and for most people listening, they won't care either, but there has been a um, cell phone debate in my life uh, recently about whether to go back to the iPhone or to continue on with some other kind of mobile device, and I have made that decision. I have recently purchased a new cell phone and it is a, a galaxy s3 so i have stayed good man, uh, man. with android yay excellent okay uh right can i talk right two things then i was on doing the two list and say something about android as well quick uh the two list the side pain thing that festival was on about i went away and i came back you cut out and you we were 
you said two things, yeah, you started talking, yeah, and you, you yeah, died. Yeah, you cut, you cut out, and and you were challenged. I, I believe, I do believe you were challenging the split pain thing. I'm not having that. <laughs> I'm really not having that. The split pains is fucking useful. I don't care what anyone says; it's, it's useful. Man, you keep it up, and I'll give you split pains. Hey, that's why I use the Terminator for my uh, for my uh, console. Uh, because it has the, the for my for my command prompt because it has uh, the ability to split it into up to I think it supports up to thirty two split panes. The so Terminator. Yeah, uh, Terminator. It's a it's a GTK based um, uh, command prompt. You know, you know term, terminal emulator. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a terminal. It's, it's quite uh, good actually. Terminal. And um, and basically. Like like I do server administration um, as part of my, my 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 job, and if I have to log into more than one server at the same time via SSH, I can just split the pane into multiple panes and log into all of them from the same window rather than open up multiple terminal windows. Um, and not only that, but Terminator ter- Terminator also supports uh, copying and pasting, unlike certain. Some some terminal emulators emulators don't support that. Some do. Ter- Terminator is one of those that su- uh, supports copying, pasting in between the you know the pin- the pane, um, and it's just really good. So I don't have to sit there and open up multiple multiple windows you know to to, to do all my server administration. I think most terminals do support the copying, pasting, but not all of them have like the control shift. C, Control Shift V. You yeah, just have to use the middle the, click. Yeah, it's not the typical Control Shift whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Or you just have to use Shift Insert to actually paste. Yeah, oh, um, I've never tried that before. Yeah, that one works really well. I, actually, I, I tend to still use Screen primarily because Screen will work with any terminal emulator, and it you know can stay up when you disconnect from it and everything. And it's basically on every machine I ever have to admin. So. It works really well for me in that respect. Well, yeah. I mean, if I'm remoting into a machine that I'm using to, to do multiple sessions, I'll use screen. But when it's on my local machine, I'm usually using Terminator. But I can I can definitely see uh, ThistleWeb's point of view here because, I mean, multiple panes is just really useful on any what's application. In the, what's in the other pane in, in Nautilus? I mean, what what is when, the other file list? Like, what? Right, when you when you open up open up Nautilus, when you open up any file manager, you've got like your home directory, and you move about, you double click on some directory, some icon opens up another directory. If you click F three in Nautilus, it's F three. I think it's probably F three in like Dolphin as well. But in Nautilus, it's F three in Dolphin Cloud two. If you want to test it out, yeah, F three. It basically splits the pane in half, so you've got two versions of the same thing. So you can move independently, you can control, you can move, set one folder as something in the left pane, and then another folder as something in the other pane, and then right-click on something and copy to other pane, move to other pane, and either side, you, that that's the point of it. Is then you click F3, it re- revises it back to the single pane again. That's the point. It's it's not something you use that much, but it's something that when you're copying and pasting things, it's so handy. It's really handy. Uh, I mean, I, I love not, I love Thunar, but Thunar doesn't have that. 
So that's the reason yeah. why that's the reason why I don't use Thunar. That's the reason why I use Nautilus, is that it has the split pane option as and when I need it. I don't need, don't use it very often, but as and when I need it, I know that the F3 button toggles the the split pane on and off. Well, Thistleweb, I got to tell you, man, I, I have never used this feature before, but uh, I I really appreciate you pointing out that it actually exists, and I'm. It- going to like this it basically it basically saves you having to open up a second window to copy the file over exactly especially especially if you want to keep the first one open exactly and that's the thing when the gnome developers decide oh that's not a useful feature we'll just remove that and let no you will fucking not remove that absolutely no hell no way you will fucking remove that that's oh yes, will, they will. That, that, that's why I will lock Nautilus onto that version so that it will not update to get that new version and remove that feature. No hell, no way. I like that feature. That's fucking useful to me. Well, well, that's what Mint did after after the GNOME project announced that they basically locked in their version of Nautilus so that it would not update to the next version. Yeah, exactly. GNOME, um, sorry, Mint forked it and called it Nemo which I, I, I appreciate that's one of the good things that Gnome, that, that Mint have done and then um, Ubuntu as well they decided they're going to lock it to 3.4 point whatever it is, they're going to lock it into the version before that which is a good thing, I mean as far as I'm concerned that's a good thing they, they, both the Mint and Ubuntu saw the same thing coming and both handled it in their own different ways and I appreciate yep. both ways for those who still don't understand it, uh, go ahead and take a look at any standard FTP client. You'll see a, a similar split pane system in most of cases. Yeah, like the like uh, trying to remember the only one that comes to mind is WSFTP. See, the thing is, when is people it say oh, it's like, well, yeah, that's it. I mean, when people say it's like a split pane, like Midnight Commander. The thing is, Midnight Commander is two panes all the time. That's what it's designed around. There's a few file managers, EMLEF2 or FM2, something like that. EFM? That's base, yeah, that's based around two panes as well. The thing is, for me, I don't like two panes as a normal daily use. What I do like is a single pane. When every now and again, when I want to copy stuff across, I like the two pane. And where I can just flick a button and split it into two panes and do that copying and flick the button and bring it back to one pane again, that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect, and that's what so, Nautilus does. What What was their excuse for pulling it out in the first place? I have no idea. I really have no idea. That was the point where Gnome just flipped off the edge of the cliff for me. It's like they removed it for me for no good fucking reason. See, I don't see, know. See, I was going to say the, I feel the same way about, like I said, Terminator. Um, with Terminator, it's just a matter of hitting Control-Shift-O or Control-Shift-E, and it splits the pane horizontally or vertically, however you want to fit it on the screen. And if they were, to, if the developer of Terminator was to suddenly say, oh, we don't need split panes anymore, I'm removing that from Terminator, I would just flip. I, fi- I, f- I feel Thistleweb's pain. First thing I'd make you do a flip. Is that the... Isn't that the same uh, key sequence as uh, splitting terminal and screen? And yeah, second, second, what I heard... Hi, everybody. Happy New Fear. Happy, Happy New Year. 
Happy New Year, Snake Dog. Good night, bro. We love you. I was uh, saying something, or I think I was, <laughs> and then uh, uh, like, yeah, my well, I think Glenn Michelle is uh, sort of freezing on my computer every now and again. Did was I say I was saying something about the two list and Android, or at least I think I was, and then <laughs> uh, problem computer problem. Did anyone hear any of that? Nope, no, no, I didn't. Nope. Yeah, I mean, for me, the thing is, I mean, when people say it's like, oh, you've got all these various multi pane. Uh, like EM, FL, FM2, whatever it is, that, that type of thing, that's fine, that's dual pain, that's all the time. I mean, for me, I like the single pain normally. It's just, you just every said that's... Yeah, I know, yeah, I know. Okay. What, what I had understood this web is it was an intentional dumbing down of the interface that we don't want the user to have to learn all these options and stuff, so we're going to eliminate them. You know, that's kind of ridiculous, though, because if you eliminate the options for the power users, then you're not going to have any power users that are willing to give really good feedback on the product. And I, I that's just, that's a shame. Well, I, I think that's exactly the, the point. We're, we're in a room full of power users. Sounds like yeah. a good business plan to me. You get rid of your power users, you can possibly sell some support. Well, the thing is, I mean, with... The split pane. If you say split the... panes again, I'm booting you. I'm not kidding. <laughs> well, that <laughs> feature, that feature was the one thing that really got me. Irate. Yes, it really. We know. But, but, but both we got the thing is, okay. The thing is, he drank this what... web. <laughs> right. The thing is, there was other features as well, like the removing of the tree view on the um, the side pane, um, as well as the. Um, the, the the status menu as well that was also removed at the same time as the feature that that affected me, and it was all these things that happened at the same time. And you're like, well, why why remove them? They work just fine. I don't. I mean, I get the fact that they don't want to port them, or they're they're sort of they're down the feature list. It's Hang almost on, like KT4. You had something to say here. I have something to say, basically what I thought I was saying before, okay? Um, so I'll try again, but I think it'll be okay. So anyway, so basically, yeah, um, the side pain, all this removing the side pain and all that. Um, I, I don't really understand what that's about, to be honest, because I, I, um, I mean, I've used GNOME for, for years, and, no, GNOME 2, and then more recently GNOME 3, and I've, um, and when I use the tool list, all I really do is I, I just open up my files and go like review, show hidden problem folder and get into the dot folders, right? And that's what I do. So all this removing the side pane, I, I don't really understand what that's about. In fact, I just uh, a little while ago went and looked at Gloom, the files in, in Gloom 3.4 just to see if I could find this thing, but she was 3.6 where it got removed. Anyway, so, so yeah, there's that. But with GNOME, yeah, there is this idea that they remove features, and um, the the power uh, the power off button in the menu, the, the shutdown, was removed uh, origi- originally, and um, except maybe shown on the live CDs, and people compl- uh, complained about that on the internet, and the GNOME developers listened, and so they put it they put it back there by default. 
And what I didn't say before is how there used to be an extension for that. Well, there still is, really, for the old versions. I don't have, have it there by default, so going 3.4, for example. And then the other thing was the Android. Somebody uh, mentioned about um, how they had stayed with Android and stuff like that. And um, what, I think, what I thought of is this guy who on Facebook, he... he um, yeah, the, probably about a week ago now, he basically went on there and said, I, I'm thinking of switching from Android to a, a Windows phone uh, because I, I don't really know Android and all the people I know, I don't know anyone that Androids either. And I was going to reply back to that. I, I didn't do it, but I was basically going to reply and say, I might still reply if I could find it and bothered. But anyway, I, I was basically going to say, like, it's up to you what you use, um, but... Uh, but I would suggest uh, researching yourself, and originally I was going to f- actually put something about um, how, well, yeah, and how, how it's how uh, it's about Android and iOS these days, really. So that was my two points, basically, that I couldn't uh, get in before. So yeah. Well, yeah, I'm looking at Nautilus. I have here and it's three point four point two that I have on Crunchbang, which is Debian Wheezy. It's split panes, it's not the side view, it's split panes. If you click F3, it got removed in 2.6, I think. 3.6, hey, whatever. Hey, Disselweb. Yes, yes, dear. You gotta learn to, uh, you, you gotta learn to code, man. Put the feature back in <laughs> and take care of it. Yeah, split tell me about it. Better you you could have learned how to do it quicker than you've taken to explain this to us for the past two and a half hours. <laughs> hey, Pokey, I think you said split pains again. Didn't you say you were going to kick yeah. it? Yeah, it's time to kick yeah. it, I think. Oh, yeah. come on. Don't make me be a bad guy. I was trying, just trying to get him to stop. Yeah, I blame the booze, but I get the point. Yeah, okay. So, so we'll I'm move just trying on. to be an we'll asshole, move... so... No, that's fine. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, but it's time we moved on with the subject. I, I, anyway. I still I've, love you, Thistle Web, even though. Don't make me be a bully. I'm just being a bully. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I've made my point. <laughs> Spot pains, that's all I'm saying. Right, move on. See, move on. Yeah. Ne- next subject. Yeah, and you and you guys proved I'm too much of a wimp to actually kick somebody. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Bluff called. Did you, did oh, you guys so, see the I countdown? love you so much, man. <laughs> I was going to say, did you guys see the countdown on the Ubuntu website? They're counting down to something. What? Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah we're... Ubuntu. Ubuntu phone. The new yeah, bugs are gone, so we can't talk about that anymore. Yeah, Ubuntu phone. <laughs> yeah, what it is. They're reintroducing actually... split panes. <laughs> <laughs> no, Maybe they're going to have split panes. Right, I'm kicking somebody now. Actually, they, never, they, 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 they never kicked that particular feature. Um, they, were, they were wise. But no, the, the Ubuntu countdown, what it is, it's 3D where you have to actually use... Your screen looks absolutely god-awful unless you use 3D um, specs when you're using your computer. That's what it is. Well, you know, when we talked about this earlier, I think I kind of messed it up. I I meant to say it was going to be holographic 3D prawn, okay? That's what it's really going to be. Oh, you think so? They're going to go to command line only. (laughs) I bet you it's a tablet. Yeah, uh, I was going to... Well, they already do a tablet. It was discussed earlier, but I, I think a tablet as well. As for the pains, oh, no, I'm going to bring it up again. Oh, yes, I am. Only briefly. I just, I just thought, what well, I mean, first of all, said that they didn't remove it in Ubuntu, and I just want to quickly add on to that. Well, I mean, yeah, they, they 
this feature was complained about, or whatever it was, for 3.6, and it didn't fit in properly with Unity or whatever it was. So in in, in Ubuntu 12.10, they decided to uh, go back to the 3.4 version of Natulis. So yeah, they did that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They realised it wasn't just that feature, it was other features, but they, they held it back. And Mint forked it as well. But yeah, we've moved on from that. (laughs) I don't want to to labor that. You know, you guys just made me think of something. You know what would be the ultimate gimmick for them to pull, and I wouldn't even put it past them, is if they came out with a a phone or a tablet, but it had like a a 3DS screen, like the Nintendo 3DS, if it had a screen like that on it. Well, they've got that. I was just going to ask if anybody had... in real life, it encountered like an Evo 3D, or I guess I, I was just looking at a search because I couldn't remember what it was. There's also an Optimus 3D out there. That already exists? Oh, shit, I take it back. Like for a year, Pokey. Huh. Yeah. You know, not with glasses or whatever. It's it's like the 3DS. I guess you get close enough to it, you don't need glasses. It just gives you a headache. Yeah, Base DC had, had a phone like that in a... Uh, a friend of mine had it, and I really, uh, it looked awful. I didn't like it. <laughs> kind of pointless, really. For that matter, have any of us ever played with 3DS? Yeah, I don't like it either. <laughs> I tried one in the store, in like the you know electronic section of Walmart, for a couple of minutes. I was not impressed. It felt like fake, you know? It was just really hard to focus on. It, it, when it was out of focus, it looked fairly 3D-ish, but, you know, if I tried real hard and focused, then it wasn't 3D anymore. So it's like one of those old posters they had back in the 80s. Oh, the Magic Eye posters? I love those. Those are cool. God, all they ever see, gave me can, was a friggin' headache. Yeah, can how many people here... Yeah, exactly. How many people could actually understand? How many people could see the magic eye things? I've tried, okay. and I, for the life of me, I could not see any of them. There well, was only the, one the I could ever... Is, is you either have to be drunk or blind in one eye, which right now I'm drunk and I'm blind in one eye. <laughs> so you can't the only see one it. I ever was a computer ad out of a magazine that, you know, you ripped the thing out and then unfolded it and hung it on the wall and I could see that one. Two-minute warning. Thanks. Yep, Central Time Zone coming up. Yeah, I could see all the... You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All BinRev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.